I'm not sure how many people felt about The Clash, but I know I enjoyed it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. Rockbeard's in the hot seat. So, keep it right here on the Pastimes and Other Reasons podcast. and welcome to this week's edition of the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast. My name is Mary, and you guys know me as Ultimate 23 Dragon. And I'm Alex Wood, otherwise known as Destroyer H6. This is episode 48, and we are discussing The Clash at the Coliseum. Which was actually good! It was better than I thought it was going to be. Was... NASCAR ready for a quarter mile. Before we discuss the clash, we need to talk about our first, we gotta talk about this segment. This is Race Reviews, brought to you by our good friends at Lionel Racing and Circle B Diecast. Get all of your uh, diecast needs at Circle B Diecast and LionelRacing.com. Now, you have to guess the driver of this diecast. This is the number eight Bass Pro Shops Bush Car for Chance 2 Motorsports. And the driver is not Martin Truex Jr. Oh. Hmm. It is his predecessor. It was Dale Jr.? Nope. Dale Jr. never drove a Bass uh, Bass Pro Shops car. The one who was in that car before him. It's when they had that multitude of drivers driving the car. Oh, yeah, that's very helpful. The deck lid opens. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of those click, the ones that click, and the hood. That opens. could be any number of drivers. I'm hmm. trying to think of clues I can give you about the driver that won't give it away. There's it's two drivers that are coming. It's another junior, but not Dale Jr. And it's not Martin Truex Jr. It's not Martin Truex Jr. Why do I get the feeling this is a trap and it's Hank Parker Jr.? It is. I was going to say his dad is a professional bass fisherman, but this is. <laughs> that would have gave it away. <laughs> yes, the, it is Hank Parker Jr.'s 2003 Bass Pro Shops Chevy from the Bush series. What? Hank Parker Jr. drove the number eight car? Yes, he did. This is when the feds screwed him out of that cup ride. Oh, oh okay. I see what you mean. So he drove for a series of teams that year. He also drove a Dick's Sporting Goods car, which is also a (laughs) diecast I have. That's cool. He drove a Cheese Nips car, and he drove 
the 2004 season in the truck series. His last start came in 2005 driving or actually subbing for Carl Edwards, I believe. Yeah. And then, then at that race in Kentucky, uh, he actually helped out Carl Edwards' team. No, we don't have water again this week. We have my old friend. <laughs> okay. So, I feel, I don't know who I feel worse for. Actually, I do know who I feel worse for. Kurt Busch, because he's not Brad Keselowski. But a lot okay. of people were affected by Ty Dillon's stupidity. Oh, you know, that. Well, and this is why I kept saying, don't knock on Austin Dillon because he's eons better than his brother. And I was right again. <laughs> why, why else? Why is Ty Dillon back in NASCAR as a driver? <laughs> I mean, as a full-time driver, at least. Now, if I get up at any point during this podcast, I have a package I need to go get for the diecast I All wanted right. to show this week. Um, oh, and once I get, and I'll be checking my phone throughout the podcast, even though that's not professional. Um, <laughs> but I will be doing that throughout. And once I get that text, I'm going to put this diecast back, go get um, that package, bring it in, and we'll have a live unboxing. That'd be a first. I know. That's why I kind of wanted to do that. Okay. <laughs> Another thing, you guys might see me on TV. Oh. If you follow me on Twitter, cough, cough, real underscore Alex Wood, you will be able to see my video that I tag 100,000 cameras in. Oh, okay. And they're going to put me on TV. We'll see. <laughs> no, I got a text from the guy saying that they're going to do it, that, they're, that they want the video. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's make a bet that I will be put on TV. How much? All right. What do you want to bet that I'll be put on TV? You know I don't gamble. We're not gambling with. You money. know I we're, don't gamble. We're gambling with diecasts. You know I don't have that many diecasts in comparison to you. No, we're, you're not giving me any diecasts. If I don't get on TV. I will buy you that Johnny Benson ASA diecast. I like that bet. And if I do get put on TV, you have to get me the Jeff Gordon 2007 Nicorette diecast. <laughs> it depends on how much it is, but... 30 bucks. Wait, repeat that. 30 bucks. Oh, I could do that. Yeah. Do you know how much money that Johnny Benson ASA diecast was? Well, considering its rarity, I assume it's a lot. Yes. Okay, let's see. Famous multi time champion driver plus longevity. That's 93. It's ASA. It's series that doesn't exist. Uh, 164 in packaging. I would say around somewhere in the vicinity to 80 to 140 dollars. Wrong. 35. 35. <laughs> That's a steal. No, it's not actually. It doesn't pop up that often, but when it does pop up, it's fucking rare. 
It's not fucking rare, yeah. but it, it is rare. <laughs> when I did the, my, that was kind of my point. In a few, in a few, in March, I'm going to be doing some Mark Martin Viagra diecast reviews. Every time I say fucking blank, I say, well, not fucking blank because Viagra sex pill. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I'm going to be checking my phone throughout this. God damn you, U.S. Postal Service! <laughs> Mr. President, <laughs> please put a please fund the U.S. Postal Service. You really think Biden's going to listen to you? Well, Biden does listen to a lot of people, but... Yeah, right. He does! He, he's... I don't think Biden is going to listen to one single person. I don't think any president listens to one single person. And I honestly don't think Joe Biden is in charge of the U.S. Postal Service. Then why did you ask him? I don't know. Speaking of which, I do want to talk about... We didn't talk about this last week because... All right. I mean, I just... I'm going to get this out of the way. That guy who said, let's go, Brandon, when he called into that thing that Joe and Joe Biden did on Christmas Eve, you he told... And he said, let's go, Brandon. That's a slang term for fuck Joe Biden. Um, When, you, when he said that, he told Joe Biden to go fuck himself. He told the president of the United States to go fuck himself. He told the leader of the most powerful country in the world to go fuck himself. He told the most powerful person in the world to go fuck himself. Do you know what he can do? More than people think. Now, did he literally say that? Or did he just say it in the man manter of let's go Brandon? And that's all he said. He said, yes, Mr. President, I hope you have a good Christmas, too, or something like that. And he said, and uh, let's go, Brandon. And that's it? Uh, you'll have to look the clip up, but he said, like, right before... If all he, he said, up, he said is, let's go, go Brandon. Brandon, that's not the same. Screw Joe Biden. That's not the same thing. <laughs> let's go, say Brandon means you're a Brandon Brown fan. Hello? <laughs> and that's what, the, that's what Republicans <laughs> need to understand. Uh... Excuse That's what me. everybody needs to understand. Let's go, Brandon, means you're rooting for Brandon Brown. Fuck Joe Biden means you don't like Joe Biden. Yeah, there's, they're really not the same thing. I don't think Brandon Brown's in the politics. He did make a <laughs> statement about that. And, of course, they had the LGB coin. I almost said LGBT. The LGB coin thing. And, obviously, NASCAR didn't approve that. That is very detrimental. Sport, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, um, the clash was actually pretty good. Uh, I did like the racing. Um, my big question is, how are they going to get the track off the football stadium? Because one person who I actually, I don't know if he talked about this at all, is Kevin Harvick. Did Kevin Harvick give his thoughts on this? Not that I'm aware of. I don't follow that shtick. <laughs> He's been around the sport a long time. And I mean the politics, Jack. I don't mean Harvick. No, I'm talking about... I'm not talking about politics and Harvick. I'm talking about what Harvick thought of the clash. I want, I want to hear Harvick's honest opinion. Not what Bush pays him to say. <laughs> okay. Well, you cut out a bit, so you have to repeat yourself. 
well on your end. What, but whatever. Okay. So, I want to hear Harvick's so, honest opinion of the race. What he thinks about racing in the Coliseum. Because how long has he been around NASCAR? Very long time. The earliest I can recall him in NASCAR in terms of the three major series was probably 95. He was in the early days of the truck series driving the 75. I think it's been around that long. Well, he also like had his Xfinity, own team. back when it was called the Bush Series, he started in probably 2000, 2000 and then Cup was 2001, so obviously he's been around a while, though he shouldn't have been, but still. I mean, he's probably one of the most qualified people to actually talk about this. And I think it really tested Kyle Bush's skill, too. We talk about how good he is. Yeah, he's got talent. He's He's one of the best. He's one of the best around, and I'm saying that as an Elliott fan. Kyle Busch is probably the best around, all around racer. In NASCAR, who's probably the best? Okay, well, no, Kyle Busch races literally everything, or has. Yeah. He's been up here a few times. I think the best all around racer right now actually might be the other Kyle. And I was afraid you were going to say that because they're both yahoos. You just don't like Kyle Larson because he said the N-word once. He's made up for his wrongdoing. I forget. Listen, that's a word you should never say, but I forgive him for saying it. He made a mistake. He owned up to it. And he made, and he made up for it. And you know that I do not forgive easy. As evident by the incident last year. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. I missed the old Dr. Pepper logo. <laughs> okay, let me actually ask you something. Go on. Which Dr. Pepper logo do you prefer? All right, let's take a look. My adult Dr. Pepper logo? Put the football on it. No, take the football out. This Dr. Pepper logo <laughs> from my adult life or okay. the child, my childhood Dr. Pepper logo. That one has a little more character, so I'll say the older one, yeah. And, of course, you know where I got the car or where I got the logo. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe we did that. Especially because he's been out of the limelight since, what, 2003? If you want to talk about NASCAR specifically, yes. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about this car. My, This is before the, even, the article even happened. Mm -hmm. Someone bought the 124 Kids version of this car. Okay. And they say to me, Alex, I bought this car recently, uh, excuse me, at a yard sale. Is it a NASCAR? I said, yes. Who drove it? I said, well, that's a Bush Series car, so it's not the top level. And I want to say the driver's like Lyndon Amick or something. They're like, who the hell is that? I said, he was a NASCAR driver, and that's how I know who he is. And I think he left NASCAR to join the military or something. That's right. So, and this is like when I was actually still in person in high school, so mm -hmm. that was that. 
But anyways, let's talk about um this next gen car. What do you think of the next gen car? I probably shouldn't have the pop on my bed. <laughs> so far, it is a so far so good thing. But the clash at the Coliseum was basically a quarter mile track. How is this car going to be able to tolerate the more common tracks in NASCAR, like the 1.5 mile tracks and your Daytonas and your Michigans and those kind of tracks? Not only just in the quality of the racing, but the safety aspect, because there are still a lot of questions about the safety aspects. When Eric Almarola hit the wall during his part of the event, he said that he did not expect to hit the wall that hard considering the speed they were running. So if a quarter mile track like that made Almirola feel a bit hesitant about it, what's Daytona going to do? I mean, they draft real good. I actually watched the tests. What is happening to me? Why is that a problem? I used to watch testing years ago, back when it was called preseason thunder. Well, I think I'm getting too immersed into it, and that's something my grandma would say. What's happening to you? <laughs> my grandma is oh, like, no. my grandma does not like NASCAR, but she likes Jimmy Johnson. Boom. How does that work? She thinks Jimmy Johnson's good looking. A whoopee. Oh my god! Oh. Don't drink Dr. Pepper when you're trying to work, children. Oh man, that went into my eyes! Oh! How did you get Dr. Pepper in your eye? No, I burped it. I felt the carbonation in my eyes and I spat on myself. How did... Uh, yeah. Oh, it wasn't as bad as earlier today. And I had a very eventful day. I Mary knows imagine. everything that happened to me today. <laughs> Hopefully it'll uh, heal up. Yeah. It was only one this time and not all of them. Or two or three of them. I most certainly hope it's not all of them. That'd be kind of a problem if it was all of them. I'd be, if I laughed at all, if I, you know, I, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> Let's um, move on. Uh, what are we talking about next? Hmm, well, let's see. Well, okay. Let's talk about Caitlin's podcast. Okay. Uh, first off, who is Caitlin, for those who don't know? Okay, for those who don't know, Caitlin is a acquaintance crazy of person. both of us. No, I'm the alleged crazy person, remember? Which instance are we talking here? <laughs> Where do I start? Oh, you don't like NASCAR on Fox. You like NASCAR on ESPN. You're crazy. You think Talladega should be off the I don't, schedule? I'm not You're talking crazy. about NASCAR. I'm talking about people in general. Oh. Caitlin is the most out there of the three of us. You think so? Yes. Who else does some of the shit that she does? Uh, well, yeah, I gotta agree with that. I would never do something like that. <laughs> At least it'd be too weird if that. I did. Like, 
yeah, it'd be mega weird if I did any of that with any of my guys. Yeah, um, it wasn't just him that she did that. <laughs> um, why did you tell but people anyway. what I did with that question? No. Why? Because I said so. I asked my music professor that question. Why? Because I was dared to. Whoopee! You just sit around playing poker last year. We're during the rain delay at the Daytona 500. We're just playing poker, playing poker, playing poker. It's silent. Would you rather get a hand job from a bear or a blow job from a shark? The entire room goes silent. Everyone freezes. And then we went on a three hour. We we and then we didn't even watch the race. We just talked about that damn question. I'm not going to stop just because you put that thing there. And I was done anyways. No, you weren't. You were continuing. No, I wasn't. I'm seriously done. That thing does not bother God, let's me move anymore. On. That thing doesn't bother me anymore. I don't care. He's there to tell you, shut up, move on. Anyways, let's talk about Caitlin's podcast. What do you want to say about Caitlin? Well, she's definitely very creative and innovative, so I could definitely see her show taking off. You know, like ours, it may take a while, but I do believe that she has the capability to do it, especially with what her show is going to be about. And considering, well, I want to tie this in All with, right. what, with what we talked about. Now, if you use your community to help her, I want her to be advised about the type of people in your com in your part of the community. Granted, yours there isn't as bad as Darian Gilliam's. And that's not a jab at Darian Gilliam. There are just more young... He, his channel has more subscribers. I see what you mean. His channel is more popular. So therefore, he's also going to attract more younger kids. Yeah, that's the thing. But your channel is full of those, how do I say it? Those crazies. And I would say that a very slight amount of the people who follow me are legit crazy in some way, shape, and form. Like our incident last year, that was, I don't yeah. want that to happen to Caitlin. Exactly. I don't want someone liking Caitlyn's shit and then thinking that they're Caitlyn's friend automatically. Because yeah. we dealt with that last year with, with another person in the YouTube community. When I deleted my old Destroyer 8, my most popular Destroyer H6 channel, obviously Mandudo 3 went on his tirade of, What happened to Destroyer H6's channel? What happened to Destroyer H6's channel? What happened to Alex's channel? And then he thought hey. I was his friend. Listen, in the I want to talk about the retiring the YouTubian buddies video and my comment on that video, since not everyone's gonna understand okay. what I say. I want to take this opportunity before Hot Seat to talk about that. All right, and then and then you can respond to it. 
Okay. Not everyone is going to understand Mary's terminology. <laughs> That's a fact. Proven evident by that video. And proven oh, yeah. evident by a, by a private video on the Pastimes channel. Yeah. But just because you like someone's content on YouTube or or anything like that. God damn it! It's 4.30. What'd you do? My package isn't here yet. What? My mail's not here yet. Give him time. It said between 1 and 4. Granted, the roads are still pretty bad. We got a lot of snow last week. Um, there you go. It's still pretty cold in my room. My room it doesn't have, like, the ability to um, get warmer or cool down, really. Thanks, mm -hmm. Dad. Um, <laughs> but anyways. Um, where was I? You guys got to... If you guys Talking need about refresher, how people don't get terminology. And on top of that, I'm starting to realize the community is just getting... Younger and younger and younger and younger. Kind of the yeah. age of people who play poker is getting older and older and older. I mean, I'm 19 and I play poker. I play poker on Facebook with my friends. Mm. I play uh, Fox Bet Super Six with my friends. Eh. But as Mary said, not everyone is going to get her terminology. And the culprit in that situation did not at all. And he thought that just because he was friends with Mary, he was automatically friends with me. I don't think that that was the case. I think he probably thought YouTubian buddies meant online friends. But I also think he thought because I was also in your part of the community... He was entitled to follow me on everything, and obviously he's not. Just because you like someone's content on YouTube and they're friends with someone does not entitle you to be friends with them. You're not entitled to be friends with someone you enjoy. Why do you think I block every person who asks me, you know, I got a DM a few weeks ago on my public Instagram, what's your favorite Johnny Benson paint scheme? I block the person immediately because I don't answer DMs. I really don't. Now, if it's if you have a question about a video or if you have a question about content or something like that, then yes, that's okay. But if you have a question about but if you just want to ask me a question, that's not what that's there. That's not what DMs are for. It's for questions about videos and business inquiries. That's it. It is not you're automatically a friend or anything like that. Now, I, I do understand some people did take that comment out of context. This is what I mean. People like the culprit who take, situa who take situations like that to the extreme. Granted, the culprit does have autism, and I understand that. But he took advantage of Mary as much as he could up until Mary didn't want it anymore. Uh -huh. 
And Mary eventually decided, uh, yeah, I got to put up some walls. And I feel like, and you guys know the video where this incident happened. I shouldn't drink when I'm in the middle of talking. But my history professor does. He can't go a whole <laughs> class period without his Diet Coke. He literally pulls mm -hmm. his mask up just to drink. What'd you get at McDonald's? Mary's eating McDonald's! Mary ate McDonald's! Wrong, it's Captain D's. Whatever that is. We don't have that in Michigan. Yeah, it's more of a southeastern thing. It's seafood. Ugh. I hate it ain't seafood. that bad. I hate seafood. When I was little, really? I used to give my fish sticks to the dog. Wow. To the first <laughs> dog we had. But, um... Okay. Anyways, <laughs> not everyone is going... I gotta pull that anyway. comment up. I'm gonna break it down bit by bit. Hmm. Smile. No, I'm on YouTube. <laughs> you can see I'm on YouTube. I'm not on... And yes, I was listening to Amish Paradise last night. <laughs> okay. Basically because I was watching a documentary about the Amish. <laughs> My mom showed me a documentary. All right. My mom wanted to show me a documentary on the Amish. So I watched Why? it with her. Well, both my parents wanted to show it to me. So anyways, uh, there it is. Here's my comment. There is a fine, there's a line between fans and friends. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Yes. Why? Because basically it depends on the aspect of how you interact with the people. Do they see you as someone, uh, as a content person, or do they see you as someone who you want to get to know them better, more than looking, just the content person? Looking back at the culprit, how would you describe that relationship with him? Well, back then, I had always thought of the people who are subscribed to me as friends because I don't have many. Well, back then, I didn't have many real friends in the real world. So anyone who was a subscriber, I automatically deemed a friend. A potential I thought, friend, I'm assuming. Yeah, because that would tell me that they share an interest of mine. And that's something that's always been important to me, that type of connection. And... Over time, especially because of the culprit, it just went too far and things changed. I think you started to see his true colors. Right. But it didn't have anything to do with you. It was all because of me. And that's where I feel bad. Yeah. That's where I feel it was my fault. Oh, no, it wasn't your fault. Basically, the culprit took advantage of my kindness. How so? More, more than anything. How so? Because he knew that I knew that he was autistic, and because of my understanding of mental health, which the original Mayfield Massacre series would have told everybody, even before the Kevin Grubb video that I did on the 10-year anniversary of his death, basically my understanding of that told the culprit that I'm understanding of his condition but unfortunately, because of that, that also told him that he could pester me the way he did. But and he even if he thinks you. he didn't, he ended up doing so. 
he pestered. It started off with him pestering me. And when I didn't allow him to pester me, he began to pester you. Because he knows that I'm connected to you. And he thinks, hey, I can't pester him. I'll translate that first message. Hey, Dragon, can you harass Alex on my behalf? I can't harass him because he blocked me. And I want to harass him and be his friend. Yeah. I'd say a good 95% of the NASCAR online community online community doesn't understand that due to how many of us are associated with each other, as well as how many of us have actually met in person and documented it. More specifically, in relation to that 95%, 99% of my old community and channel following didn't know that. And sorry, Dragon, but a good 97 or 98% of your community and fan base doesn't either do you agree yeah. with that what is something you noticed about the the 2020 destroy destroyer h6 channel that you thought w was a little off-putting the thing that gets to me the most about your channel honestly is that most of the people that were following you aren't intrigued by your gaming contents they were intrigued by another person if you catch my drift yes so it seems they were more intrigued about you talking about this guy and just keep going on with that story despite all the weirdness and craziness of that story instead of enjoying your other content but like, there, there were are people, people who did enjoy my other content that's what I was saying. There are people who do enjoy multiple aspects of people's content. But like, those were the, who... but those were the people that I call the crazies. <clears throat> really? For example, a guy named Timmy Torres would comment on every single one of my videos. And I just could mm -hmm. and like it got annoying. Like, just say the dude's name, Jason Jacoby. I threw out the stuff Jason Jacoby sent to me. <laughs> And Timmy Torres says, ha, 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 that's Destroyer H6, not Jason Jacoby. I'm like, would this guy leave me the fuck alone? Like, and then when Chris Place 2414 uploaded a video explaining my connection with Jason Jacoby. Yeah, I know you don't trust him. I don't. Yeah, we're going to talk about, he, he said he wants to be on Pastimes, but I still need to discuss that with you. Um, I'm not comfortable with him as of now. Now, if things improve in the future, maybe, but for right now, no. Yeah, I told him you are the person who approves the guests. But anyways, <laughs> um, because I have had a few guests where you've said absolutely not. Mm -hmm. That was a weird burp that you guys didn't hear. Um. People who are young often do stupid stuff. I mean, when I was young, I did a lot of stupid stuff. But it's not... But, like, the people who were intrigued by my other content were the people who considered me a friend when I didn't even know them. And that is what uh -huh. makes me uncomfortable and creeped out. When I had my old yeah. channel up, there were two people who annoyed the living crap out of me. 
One of them went around spreading stuff saying I was a good friend of his. Mandudo 3. Mm-hmm. And the other one, yep. and the other left really creepy and strange comments with hopes of me responding to them, which I never did, and that was Timmy Torres. I understand huh. wanting to get noticed by someone you look up to or some, or something of that nature. However, there are times where you need to put your selfish hope Hopes aside and listen to the people you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Your response to that. That's definitely agreeable. It, it, it feels like there's... You want to have that connection, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work that way automatically. Let's use the situation with the culprit. I was not comfortable with the culprit at all. He was really creeping me out. He knew a lot of my... Both the culprit and Mandura 3 knew where I lived. They knew what I looked like. They knew my real name. What was creep... Mandude creeped me out more, but I felt the culprit was more of a threat because the culprit lives yeah. closer. Mandude is in another country, thank God. I was able to find that out during my break. Thank okay. God Mandudo 3 does not live in America. But he knew my name. He knew my he knew where I lived. He knew what I looked like. And I was honestly afraid Mandude was gonna look me up and try to find me. Uh-huh. And I don't know how you see that, but do you what do you think ma- went through Mandude's head? That one's a bit harder to say because I don't know him as well. But I was under the interpretation that he's just, like, you know, an obsessed fan, that kind of thing. Because if you look at the first That's comment of our Pastimes on Location video, his comment was, holy crap, it's Alex, we missed you. Yeah, I remember that. Looking back on that now, what do you think? Like... In some cases, and I think this is one of those notable examples, it goes from extreme fanatic to extreme obsessor, and that's crossing a boundary. How was Mandude an extreme obsessor? Like, does every single thing that he comments have to relate to you? That, that seems I, a bit weird. Like, one thing that he commented on... Austin Agassi's stream when he was just playing MLB 2005, yeah. the show. Or no, mm-hmm. that MVP Baseball. It wasn't the show yet. EA Sports still made games back then. He said, Darian was also on, they were talking, they said something about Darian. Uh, someone said something about Darian Gilliam. And um, Austin said something about it. Mandude said, Darian was also on Pastimes and said something about Joseph Lombard. Everything mm-hmm. Mandude Mandude couldn't go through one of Ostnogonoski's streams without mentioning me. Uh-huh. And that's what made me uncomfortable. And finally, I went on Reddit and just lashed out at him. And I deleted the comic, although I wish I wouldn't have, <laughs> because people might think I'm a jerk. And I want to discuss no. this matter privately with him. All right. But I know he's not going to do that. He's He's going to think, oh, I talked I talk with Alex one one-on-one, oh my god! Anyways, I get that most of these people aren't right in the head. <laughs> However, that is not, absolutely not, an excuse. If you can't get along with others and understand their boundaries, 
get the hell off the internet. That's how my, that's how yeah. things need to be in my honest, in my honest, unfiltered opinion. That was the first, um, that was the first, um, uh, paragraph. So what do you think of that last thing I said? There's two ways to go about this because in one aspect, it's not a good idea to have the inter internet separated. She froze. It's not a good idea to have the internet separated from other people with those type of conditions because they'll see that as discriminatory. But in another aspect, the safety of people online also has to be taken into account. Now, and I understand what... Go ahead. And sometimes those two issues don't correlate together. Here's, here's how I think. The culprit may have autism, but I didn't feel comfortable or safe. So what right. do I do? Put my boundary, put my boundaries and my safety first, or appease him because he has autism. Well, if I and that well, was my mistake. If I appease him because he has autism, I'm putting myself at risk. If I if right. I put my foot down, he might slander me. Well, he ultimately did slander me, and he slandered you too. Mm -hmm. Up until I found out, I found out mm -hmm. that that some someone had talked to him mm -hmm. and set the record straight. Mm -hmm. The culprit was told numerous times by me that I didn't care who he was or anything he said. I didn't want to be his friend, and he wouldn't stop until he got what he wanted. It ended up going so far, especially on premieres, where he demanded that Dragon harassed me on his behalf. Go look through her channel if you want to see what, what was said and how I responded. I received lots of threats and hate messages about what happened. It's not my fault someone decided to take the term YouTubian buddies too far. It's not Dragon's fault either. Go ahead. Speak your piece. You're absolutely right. Like, this goes back to what we discussed earlier in terms of the different definitions of different terms based on the community. Because that was a term that I had used and was exclusive to me. It was my way of differentiating from other content creators back in that era. And honestly, that specific term was probably one of my worst terms. Because... Over time, it got a bit out of control. The interpretations became different depending on the people. And then the culprit took that term and thought it meant something way more than it ever was. But he also applied it Which to other why, people, such as Darian Gilliam, who right. was someone he reached out to numerous times and even spammed mm -hmm. to the point Darian had to mute him. Mm-hmm. Darian and I had several conversations about this, and just because you interact with someone does not mean you're YouTubing buddies. Say you right. respond to a tweet, that doesn't mean you're a YouTubing buddy. You comment on or like a video or like the guy's content, that doesn't make you a YouTubing buddy. How much you interact right. with someone, 
I take YouTubing buddy is, is this. Someone who I am friends with who I do YouTube with or a friend I've made through YouTube. Right. We're in a group chat with about five or six other YouTubers, maybe less than that, three or four. There's probably five or six people in the chat. But those would be classified yeah. as YouTubian buddies in my book. I met them through YouTube, and we talk a lot. It's me, it's me, mm -hmm. Mary, Joey Tartamella, a.k.a. Jack Hammer 9-2, Alan Nato III, a.k.a. Alan Nato III. He doesn't have a screen name. And um, Chris Hughes, a.k.a. Hughes Moves Gaming. So uh, Chris Plays 2414 used to be in that chat. Um up until he went idle for a little while. So we're just like, well, if he's not going to interact with us, then we're going to ditch him. Um, and then here's, do you want me to, to break this? Waiting, 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 waiting. Do you want me to break this paragraph into chunks or read it as a whole? I'm not sure. Here's a, I'll just read this as a whole. I had no choice but to do the things I did regarding the spam, creepy messages, and creepy tweets, as well as the creepy chat comments made towards, about, and to me. I understand there may be a series of things that caused this to happen. However, there are no excuses for the culprit's behavior. Even though he's tried to excuse his own behavior and blocks everyone he either doesn't like, doesn't give him what he wants, doesn't do as he asks or says, doesn't do as he asks or says, or calls him out when he's telling a lie. He may have autism, but he can still function. So therefore, he is not disabled, but impaired. There is a difference. Mm -hmm. Your opinion. I can see where that's going. Because in terms of autism, there are so many variants that sometimes it could be labeled as a disability. Sometimes it could be just an inherence. Because with autism, there's a high spectrum and a low spectrum. And the so, culprit is low on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. So he's only impaired. If you're low right. on the spectrum, you're impaired unless you have Asperger's syndrome. If you're high Which on the I spectrum, you're disabled. Yeah, my cousin's on the has Asperger's syndrome as well. The cul mm -hmm. and if you look at the culprit's comments, you know, you know, it's obvious to me at least who know who what he's doing. And even yep. Joey Tartamella and um, Alan Nato the Third, who also are on the who also have Asperger's syndrome, they both saw these comments and they're like. Yeah, this dude knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And if you look back, you can clearly tell that people, yes, people, other people wanted me out of the chat. Other people wanted me banned and shit, but you obviously didn't do it. No, I didn't. Why did you not ban me from the chat? Because in the end, all you were doing was two different things. First of all, you were raged out because of the culprit, and that's documented. And it was that back and forth that had other people saying both of you should have been blocked. 
But in the end, you ended up being the good guy in the situation. And you're the one who showed me that the culprit was doing these things, taking advantage of my kindness. And he was even spreading lies about us. I think that's what ended up doing it for you. Yeah. Let's take it back to the 10-year anniversary video. You saw what he was doing. Yep. And you and I were having sidebar conversations on another form of social media. Oh. Mm-hmm. Caitlin texted me. Oh. You literally just said the same thing she just texted me. But in different aspects. Oh? Yes. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have schizophrenia. I would say, oh, that that's just like, that's just a weird coincidence. Yeah. Let me scoot over here for a second because I got to stand up. Yeah, my yeah. ass is kind of hurting me a little bit, but I'll probably <laughs> okay. stretch Keep my going. I'll probably stretch my legs in a little bit. All right. You watch it there. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting paid going? to laugh. You're not paying me at all. Anyways, <laughs> in Keep the Colton's case. We watched the 10-year anniversary video. He was, that's what showed me, yo, this was way bigger than I thought. Yeah. Especially when he said some really creepy, outlandish, and honestly some uncalled for shit. Yeah. When he gave out Caitlin's real name, I'm like, wait, how would he know? Like, Okay, I understand. And he didn't... S oh, my God. And, and, and even before you showed the stuff about Johnny Benson, all he wanted to talk about was Johnny Benson! Honestly, yeah. who cares about Johnny Benson? We weren't talking about him! Oh. <laughs> Nobody! If we're talking about Johnny Benson, okay! But we weren't! Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about Marty Reed, what does Johnny Benson have to do with Marty Reed? Honestly, does... not much, because I don't recall many events where Marty called any of the races Johnny was in. <laughs> exactly. What does what does Jeff Gordon have to do with I don't know. Donald Trump! Other than the fact that J Donald Trump <laughs> shook Jeff Gordon's hand before the 2001 Daytona 500. It was a Nothing! What? Jeff Gordon was never on The Apprentice. Tony Stewart was. I'd like to know how. M uh, Mario Andretti was on The Apprentice. He put that Donald Trump in that two-seater. You can see Donald Trump in his suit. Like... I don't like the man, but that man's got some nice-ass suits. Uh, well. <laughs> okay, anyway. But anyways, what did you think of the culprit's comments in the 10-year anniversary video? They were a bit out there. Like, that, that was a special video for me because it marked 10 years for me on YouTube. And every time I do an important video, 
something in some way some some ways tends to ruin it especially last year and it was usually the culprit doing all these things what type of like, stuff like would you talk- do for those who didn't know who might be watching on the pastime channel as opposed to your channel yeah basically what he does is that his Used idea of interacting yeah his idea of interacting with me was basically talking to me about anything and everything except the video in question when I want to talk about the video, because that's what we're doing. We're there to watch and enjoy a video, like a group premiere watching. And here, he wants to talk about literally anything else. And he knew that that was annoying to me, but he still kept doing it. At some point, I think we just need to say the culprit's name. I'd rather not. Because it's no secret who the culprit is. <laughs> yeah. It really isn't. At the end of the day, it's not. But. No. I'm also a mod on your channel. And you noticed some things about him when he found out I was a mod. <laughs> yeah, he was not happy. <laughs> Tell the people what he was doing. Basically, he was throwing a temper tantrum towards me. He says, Dragon, why is Alex a mod? He's been rude to me and all that stuff. You should ban him, not make him a mod, and that kind of thing. And what was your response to that? Like, <laughs> me being the nice person that said, if you have issues with Alex, just talk it out with him. Because this was not my deal. I did not want to be involved in it. That was my main thing. And here's the thing. If you've got an issue with me, I'm not the friendliest person. And there's a reason there's dragon in my name. And there's a reason I'm not friendly. (laughs) I've had to deal with annoying and stupid people in my real life who have a lack of common sense. Basically because of the high school I went to. So there's that. But anyways, let's move on to this next paragraph. Dragon, I'm sorry that you had to ret- had to do this. Is it my fault that you had to retire the term? I don't feel that way as you were on Twitter and Instagram, as you stated. You forgot to mention Instagram, yet you rarely post on that. But I also did not do anything wrong. There. But I also did not do anything. I all... Oh, But I also did not do anything wrong, but I feel responsible as I could have handled the situation better. It's not your fault any of this happened. You're just the one who showed me what was going on through a different perspective. Essentially, I was just a victim. Yeah. Because remember, I was the main person he was going after. Right. However, I I know what I did was probably the right thing, but in all honesty, after this, I hope the culprit leaves us the hell alone, keeps our names out of his mouth, which he didn't do, and never attempts to contact or follow us again, which he still continued to do. We're standing out our ground and and not giving in. Mm -hmm. Your response? Well, that's pretty much true. The culprit we basically ne- built up 
We basically built up our barriers as a result of this, and especially me. The culprit should never be allowed on the internet if he's going to act the way he did towards us. He can't understand where people's boundaries are and can't listen to anything that he's told that he doesn't want to hear. He is the type of He's the type that doesn't belong in the NASCAR online community. The first thing we need to do is disallow creeps like him from following us. Point blank, period. Your response mm -hmm. to that. Considering not only this, but other circumstances over the last couple of years, that is a good idea. The only problem is, how are we going to police that? Just block them. Warn people. Here are the things <laughs> you should do. Block when when you're getting stalked by someone like we were stalked. Here are the steps to here are the steps to shunning those people out of the community. Step one: block the person. Step two: warn people privately. Step three: publicly warn people. Step four: post the evidence. Step five, express your feelings and hopeful and go into detail. And hopefully that person will be shunned from the community. What is your response yeah. to that comment as a whole? It is a good way of interpreting other people's feelings in regards to situations like this because stuff like that this has been a rampant problem for the last few years and it's something that really needs to change and that wasn't just and that wasn't in reference to the culprit at to just the culprit it was in reference to Mandudo Free, mm -hmm. Timmy Torres, some weird guy named SportsFan09 who keeps trying to follow me but what really showed me the type of person the culprit was? That's a good question. I was, I was really creeped out and uncomfortable when he called me his buddy when trying to talk to Jeff Gordon. Oh, bad. But what yeah. really showed me is that we might be dealing with something even more crazy here was when he found my private Instagram and kept trying to follow it. Oh, that, yeah. That. that account is for family and friends only. Mm -hmm. If I know you personally, then you have the right to follow my account. If I went to school with you, if I know you from work, if I know you from college, if you know, you're a longtime friend of me. If you're family, you have, you are entitled to follow that page. But I'm also entitled to not let you follow it. Or if I know you from the gym. Right. Like, I got some gym friends who follow me on there. But my public account is the best. If you want to follow me, follow the public account. Do not follow the private one. Because... I'm not letting you mm -hmm. have access to my private life. Now, there are some people who I interact with on YouTube who I have, who have, who I have, who I sub to on YouTube 
who subbed to me on YouTube, who I have on Facebook. Sure, I'm letting you into my somewhat private life, but I'm not letting you it fully in. Because I post more on Instagram, really. Like, the stuff I post on Facebook is not... Some of it is is not stuff people know automatically, but a lot of it, a lot of the stuff on Instagram is, and I don't want people following me who who are like the culprit. And the culprit said to someone. That the way he found it was through following Mary and the fact that Mary follows me, he found it. And he even admitted to, to following it at least five or six times. The screenshot the person sent to me said something like, well, I requested to follow it five or six times and he didn't accept a single one. And then he sent me a rude message like, no, I said, stop requesting to follow my private account. Is that rude at all? No. That's a simple request. Yeah. Okay, block. And then he sends me a creepy apology message. Hey, man, I'm sorry I requested to follow you on Instagram. I just want to be friends with Dragon and you. And then I blocked him. I think I said, not happening and blocked him. Like... I, but we're not going to discriminate. Here's the thing. You can be discriminatory by saying we're not going to include someone because they have autism. But we are also going to say, it's also discriminatory if you say we are not going to include some. We're going to, okay. Let's say you, we're not going to, we're only going to block neurotypical people. Well, that's discriminatory towards towards people like the culprit who you may say, well, he has autism. He's, he's special needs. We shouldn't block him. Well, he did really creepy shit. He, yep. you know, is he did really creepy shit. Oh, wait. Today's Monday. My mm -hmm. mail doesn't come on Monday. But, um... <laughs> But it's supposed to be <laughs> delivered today, and I'm waiting for my shit to get here. I saw mail trucks out today. Uh, but anyways, the culprit doesn't understand how the internet works. And we're not going to disclude someone. We're not going to, we aren't going to block people because they have autism. We're also not going to not block someone because they have autism. We're going to treat everybody the same, whether you're whether you're atypical or neurotypical. It doesn't matter. Do you have a response to what I said? What you're trying to say is that if you end up blocked in any way, mental health will never be the reason. No. That's what you're trying to say. Condition your condition will never depend on something. 
Right. Now, if you're creeping me out, I'll tell you. And if you don't right. listen to that, you're you're blocked right away. But anyways, that's that. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? Hmm. Well, I don't have anything else right now. So let's get in the hot seat. Mm-hmm. Who's our guest for those who are just tuning in? All right, now we got a special treat for you guys, and this is one of the reasons why it's on my channel this week. Uh, Alex and I got the opportunity to interview another member of the old guard of the NASCAR YouTube community. Uh, you know him as the author of the J.D. McDuffie book and as the master of the Last Car series. We got the chance to interview Brock Beard. Enjoy. Well, it's time for the hot seat, and this is one of the rare occasions where I get to join, but it's because we have a very special guest for our season three opener. With me and Alex. Which was for last week. Huh? <laughs> it was last week. You're off. You're ahead one week. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Interview-wise, it's our season opener. <laughs> and we had an interview last week with Dave Moody. Well, you did. I didn't. Remember? Okay, well, it's your first interview of this season. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> our guest today is, like me, a member of the old guard of the NASCAR YouTube community. He is very famous for a lot of different projects that he has done over the years that a lot of you may be familiar with, and most specifically, his most synonymous project of all, the Last Car Series. Our guest this week on the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast hot seat segment is Brock Beard. Hey there. Thank you for both for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. So, uh, as always, I don't know how familiar you are with our podcast, but we always have the guests uh, tell us a little bit of background about themselves. So, could you provide us some background about yourself? Certainly. Uh, you know, I, I started following NASCAR racing uh, when I was about eight years old, back in 1991. Uh, always been trying to find some kind of outlet for what to do with it. Uh, I never really uh, took any classes on broadcasting or journalism or anything like that. But uh, ultimately, after I graduated from college, that was kind of the direction I kind of took things. Uh, tried a couple different websites over the years, made some other podcast appearances, um, just talking just regular race day stuff. And uh, then uh, about 2008, 2009, uh, we had all these new teams coming into the sport at the time. Uh, I started to come up with the idea of the last car site, as you mentioned there, uh, following the last place finishers. I figured a lot of these new teams were going to be finishing last to start out with, so it'd be a good way to kind of feature them. Uh, compiled my own statistics, and that kind of got the site uh, where it needed to be. So that was kind of the big focus from there. Uh, and I've tried, I've had my hands in a lot of different things over the time between YouTube and uh, the website and everything. You know, some things have worked out, some things that haven't, but I've been very pleased with the response that Last Car has had and um, always looking to, uh, to build on that. So how we're going to do this is we're going to format it kind of like the Johnny Benson interview where Mary is going to be asking most of the questions. And I will be asking follow-ups. And I do have some questions of my own at the end. So go sure. ahead. Okay. So the first question that I have is, what gave you the inspiration to do Last Car? That's a good question. Uh, you know, one, it all 
as with most, most things with me is, and I'm sure you've seen from my channels, I know I've seen you in the, in the live stream there as well, of course, good to put a, a face to the name, by the way. Um, you know, we uh, it started at Sears Point uh, and go into the Sears Point Raceway for the NASCAR weekend. Um, uh, around 2006, 2007, thereabouts, uh, we took bus trips uh, to the track there. Uh, through a local uh, NASCAR merchandise store up here in Northern California called the Hunt's Race World, actually still in business. Uh, they share actually facilities with uh, Bill McAnally Racing uh, up in this area. Uh, but they did a bus trip to the track. And one thing they did was they had a drawing where everybody would draw a name from somebody that started in the field. And if you pick the winner of the race, you got like a gift card or a prize or something like that. Uh, and so along the way, you know, we started thinking like, hey, you know, I mean, only one person can win. Should we have something like a last place prize? So, you know, somebody that goes to Sears Point and then they see they have Brian Simo, they think, oh, well, you know, I could be contention for anything. So uh, I think that was around the time that it kind of it kind of started coming together. And, and, you know, my brother and I, you know, we always bounce ideas around. Uh, he actually had the uh, actually gave me the, the question uh, who had the most last place finishes. And again, this was, you know. Uh, mid-2000s, uh, there weren't any statistics on that at all, not on J-Ski, Racing Reference wasn't around at the time, uh, or I think was just kind of getting going at that time, uh, and so, yeah, the, the idea was just kind of started putting together myself, kind of started that over the off-season, took about a couple of years to kind of really get it done for Cup Xfinity Trucks, and from there, I mean, uh, it, it really was a good opportunity to kind of talk about you know, the sport in general, uh, you know, and not just updating the statistics, but the story behind the finishers. So that was really kind of how that, uh, how that got started. You bring up the topic of last place finishers and Danny B talks did a video a while back about the rise and fall of furniture row racing on the topic of furniture row racing. Like, like, you know, we didn't specifically say them, but um, they were basically starting park at, at first and I remember you were the winner of the 2012 fan vote video or, or the all-star fan video. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? <laughs> oh, certainly. That was, that was exciting. Yeah. Um, Regan Smith, uh, with his, uh, when his win was taken away from him at Talladega, uh, that was something that kind of made me keep an eye more on him uh, in his career uh, after DEI. And then, of course, him ending up at Furniture Row, like you're mentioning. And uh, that was, I think, a kind of a perfect crossover because uh, Furniture Row, you know, like you said, they started off as kind of a start and park organization, trying to grow their program. Uh, we're the last car champions, I believe, in 2008 with Joe Nimichek. Uh, but yeah, with the, the, uh, the All-Star uh, thing, to answer your question on that, um, I heard uh, information about that in early 2012. I figured there were some drivers that people probably weren't going to have as many entrants for. Because uh, at the time, you just kind of record like a video, I think it was like 30 seconds or something like that, uh, to introduce a driver that was in the All-Star Race. So, of course, once Regan won the Southern 500 and NASCAR let him keep the trophy and actually have that be an official <laughs> win, uh, I was certainly excited about him being the All-Star Race. I tried to start a campaign to get him in the All-Star Race in 2009. That ended up not going anywhere. The team wasn't entered anyway. So, when he finally did get in in 2012, uh, I thought that was a great opportunity. I... I uh, just entered the video. I just shot it in my living room. I had the die-cast car that I actually got from Hunt's Race World that was in my, my hand there for that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they, it surprised me. They got back to me and said that I, I was one of the finalists there that was going to be played in the video. Uh, I almost didn't get 
the prize zone. Actually, almost backed out towards the end uh, because what happened was Speed played my clip with other ones in advance of the race, and they thought I had leaked the video. And I said, no, 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 that had nothing to do with me. So they said, oh, no, I'm sorry, you can't win. You know, you're not a winner because you're not supposed to post the video and it violates terms. And I said, no, 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 you guys did that. That wasn't me. So I got that cleared up just like days before that. And luckily, of course, you know, they played the video. Uh, I got the helmet that was signed by uh, Regan Smith uh, that, that came in afterwards. So that all got worked out. But uh, that was a little bit of what was going on behind the scenes. But that was definitely a thrill. <laughs> I remember what you said. Sleek and swift, it is Regan Regan Smith. Smith. Yep, that was the one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like pretty much anyone in terms of journalism, you start out as a fan. Mm -hmm. What drivers would you say you rooted for the most during your time as a fan? Good question. I, you know, Jer uh, Jerry Nadeau, for sure, uh, who actually, uh, as I mentioned on Twitter, just had a phone call with him when he was working over in Florida. Uh, he just happened to call me at work the other day, and uh, so we had a nice talk there for a bit. He's doing well. Uh, Jerry Nadeau was... That's was cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. That was very surprising. thought about having Jerry Nadeau on. Yeah, well, I mean, he's always open to, to you know, uh, you know, uh, kind of getting himself out there. So, you know, I think... Uh, uh, he, uh, yeah, he it looks like he's doing way much better now. That's great. Yeah, that's really good to see. I think the junior podcast appearance uh, did a lot towards that, too. So, you know, that was good to see. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Jerry, uh, my, my first drivers I pulled for uh, way back when, back when I was, like, like you know, a lot younger, I was really attracted to some of the particular paint jobs, and then I kind of learned about the drivers from there. So I liked uh, – I always liked the bright orange cars. So I liked Derek Cope's car, or bright rocket red kind of colors. Uh, so Derek Cope's car, the Pure Later car, Ricky Rudd, and the Tide ride. Um, and then Rudd kind of led me to Nadu because both of them were really good at Sears Point. Uh, so I could – you know, I liked picking drivers that were good at the road courses. Um, you know, after Rudd retired and Nadu was injured, I pulled for Jamie McMurray. Um, and really, I didn't really have a driver that I – had any kind of tendency to really pull for until Bubba Wallace came in at, uh, at Petty Enterprises. I thought that was a really cool story with him getting in there at the 43. Um, and, but that's, that's been about it between, between a lot of that, the other drivers and teams I've gone for again, are ones that would just fit in the last car thing. Just anybody that was the most overlooked running the smallest budget. Um, you know, I, I didn't know about JD McDuffie until years after his passing. So I didn't get to really root for him when he was still active. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, those were really kind of, that's kind of how my progression as a fan went. But I mean, certainly by the time Bubba Wallace was in, you know, it was, it was much more, it, it was, I was already committed more to the journalist side. So it was more like a driver. I was just kind of keeping my eye on. It wasn't like out and out. Uh, uh, I couldn't embrace it in the exact same way as the previous drivers there, but definitely the same feeling though, for sure. You said the name J.D. McDuffie, and yes. you're the guy who wrote the book about J.D. McDuffie. Can you tell us a little bit about why you wrote it, how you wrote it, basically anything you'd like to tell us about it, and where you can get the book for those of you who want to hear where you can get the book, and we're going to allow Brock to plug it here. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a long, it's kind of a long story, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of uh, give you the, the condensed version there, but um, you know, J.D. McDuffie was driver again. I didn't know anything about until uh, the year 2000. I think when people started circulating tapes uh, from classic races and YouTube was still kind of a couple years away. 
um, one of the races I was curious about was the Watkins Glen race in 91 because I heard I heard little bits on the internet of JD McDuffie and who he was and it's like wait this is a fatal accident but nobody ever talks about it why is that and so really my research for the book really began then way back in 2000 uh, and the book didn't come out till 2018 so it was almost basically two decades of doing that research and, and here and there I would do an article on it or I get in touch with uh, Brian Hallman, who still helps me out on the field fillers uh, videos. Um, you know, he shares some old pictures of JD. Uh, and again, it was just kind of just for my own curiosity. I just kind of had a folder of just information. And I never really thought about putting it together into like a, a full-on narrative until I read uh, the book Killer Show. That was actually an account of the Station Nightclub tragedy in 2003, uh, a fire that happened uh, up in the Northeast. Um, the, what struck me about that book was, and I've always, I've always been intrigued by nonfiction, uh, and especially like kind of disaster narratives in that sense. And I was thinking when I was reading that, I was like, is there anything that I have that much information on or that much curiosity about that I could describe anything similar to the way this author did? I believe it was John Berlick, um, uh, in this, uh, in this book. And that's where J.D. McDuffie kind of came up. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, there's still some things I'd like to learn about this, you know, I mean, what would be a great way to do that? So I kind of started with just describing the race itself with as much detail as I could from what I had researched. Um, and then from there, uh, I think I had, I had contacted Marty Burke, who was on J.D.'s crew uh, the day of his last race. I reached out to him in 2011, actually. Uh, for an article back then uh so i had his contact so i got in touch with him he i believe had the contact with jim Derhog, who was the driver who was right behind mcduffie at the time of the accident and from there it was just kind of like this guy knew this guy knew this guy there were still very everybody was kind of scattered around but because of the internet of course fortunately everybody could still find each other and so luckily i was able to get a hold of mike demirs and i'm a gene and linda and the book just kind of took on a life of its own from there. Um, it was actually to the point where I kind of had too much information. So I had to really go through a lot of edits <laughs> to kind of smooth it out. But that was, but that, that made it a real, you know, a tremendous experience in that sense. And luckily Waldorf Publishing, uh, you know, I, you know, I'll give them full credit. I mean, they took a chance on the book when a lot of other publishers didn't. I had one publisher specifically tell me that nobody would buy a book about a loser. And that's the way they put it. It's like, well, if they don't have that little faith in the project, then I don't want them. So, you know, I picked up Waldorf uh, definitely was more excited about the project. They were supportive of it. Um, I did still have to do most of my own promotional work, but the trade-off was that they were able to edit it, print it, get it looked at all professional, which I know I'm a gene in particular was really appreciative of because she wanted to make sure that if a book was done, that it was going to be a good book in the way she put it. She wanted to be as professional as possible. And I'm glad that that was able to be accomplished uh, before she passed just last year. So um, I, I owe Waldorf, uh, you know, a, a tremendous amount of credit on that. I know we've, we've gone our, our separate ways since then. I mean, our, my contract wasn't renewed, but it wasn't for lack of performance there. Uh, but uh, to answer, um, to answer your other question on that, where people can get the book, the book is actually in the process of a second edition uh, being republished under my own name. It's going to be available on Amazon. It's got a few new updates to it. Uh, but people who have purchased the first first edition, I mean, it's going to be substantially the same book, uh, but there's going to be a new afterword in it and other updates uh, from information that's still been coming in since 2018. Uh, I expect that to be available uh, sometime in February, if not early March. Yeah, Mary just held it up there. So Mary, there you go. Uh, yeah, there you go. I saw. Yeah, it can you hold it up again there. and say something about yeah. it? That's the one. 
there it is. Yep, that's the uh, the picture. Both those pictures, original pictures taken at Watkins Glen in 1991, uh, right before his last race. Uh, Mike Demers uh, took a picture of the car, and uh, Janine Pistel took the picture of uh, JD. And they were actually working on making postcards to help promote JD's team that was going to look kind of the way that cover went. And yeah, Waldorf uh, just happened to put that so together that same way. So that was cool. Yeah, my roommate had actually gotten this book, and one of my dad's brothers, his favorite driver was actually J.D. McDuffie, and before you, he was the only reason that I even knew who J.D. McDuffie was. So See? out of respect to that fact, my roommate gave me this book before I had come back to my home state of Virginia. Oh, there we go. See, that's yeah, awesome. He, yeah, Mary, uh, I actually, Brock and I share that interest, but well, he already has written a book. I'd look, excuse me, I'd like to write a book. Mary, could you tell Brock about um, my pathway to writing a book and the, the processes I've gone through? And Brock, when Mary's done telling you, could you tell me and anybody else out there who'd like to write a book, could you give us some advice on writing a book? Well, I know some of the story, probably not all of it, but... One of the reasons that Alex and I had connected is because of a common interest, me because of fandom, him because of home area, and of course that person would be Johnny Benson. One day for school, Alex did an assignment writing a uh, paper about Johnny, and I believe that you received an A-, minus, correct? Yes. There we go. So he has the idea to maybe one day update that and transform it into a book but oh, tell brock what happened after that uh oh i don't remember which part happened after that when something happened when i decided not to do it but... oh because you were afraid that his sister was going to say something yes and him himself so i decided to write a book oh. about another former driver who, like J.D. McDuffie, is not very well known, but has a but this driver is number one still alive, and number two had a very interesting post NASCAR life. Okay, yeah, <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah, you can tell Brock about that one. So Alex has become very enthralled with the story of Lyndon Amick who oh, post-NASCAR okay. joined the military. It's kind of funny. Alice got the chance to interview Lyndon before the Dale Jr. download did. Oh, wow. Well, that's a huge get. It is. But Alex has become so enthralled with that story. And Lyndon, from what I understand, has been working with Alex. Mm -hmm. I believe that there may be some sort of collaboration to perhaps do a book on him and his experiences one day. Oh, that's a good idea. You know, I mean, that's, I think it's the big, most important thing. I mean, when you find a subject that you're passionate about, I think it really helps guide the research. So if it's something that, because then you're, it's it, the direction of the book is, is that made that much clearer. So yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's Brock, if there's, any, if there's yeah. anything you can do to help, you know, uh, please reach out. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you know, again, I, you know, I don't, I don't have all the, the answers on that. This is, yeah. this is still my first book as well, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's the biggest thing. I think if you, if you have a subject that you're interested in, um, I think just get as much material as you can, get as many interviews as you can, get as much, 
um, you know, other research you can pull up, you know, just on, you know, on the internet or newspapers or, or things of that sort. Um, just, just immerse yourself in as much of the information as possible. And then, um, yeah, just, just fine. I don't, you know, I, I think, I think you're at the best part of it now. Cause I think for a lot of people that think about writing a book, um, it's, they, they, they just don't even think about even like starting. It's like, where do you start? It's like, just start with something, anything. Like, again, for me, I, you don't, I don't think about it having to do it chronologically. Like I, I, like I said, I started writing it with just the Watkins Glen 1991 race. Cause I knew that was the part I was most familiar with. And then everything from there was a way to kind of build up on that. But I mean, you know, the way I do, it, it's not always the way that works for everybody else. Other people maybe, you know, start at the beginning or start at the end or whatever. But I think just starting, whatever it is, I think that's the most critical element there, you know. And once you do that, then yeah, and don't worry about setting a time frame. It takes, you know, I mean, again, my only, my, I took two decades uh, pretty much to get, you know, to get where it needed to be. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what happens. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, I just started writing articles almost a, a year and a half ago. Now, there is a story uh, I would like you to tell, and Mary's a part of this story. I think Mary knows what story it is. Okay. One of your dri or, or driver documentaries was called Johnny in the Fast White Car. Yep, that one. <laughs> and Mary knows where I'm yeah. going with this one. Mm -hmm. I think so, I do. When that video premiered afterwards, you did the Trivial Pursuit thing like you always do. Okay. And during that premiere, or during that live stream, oh, this meeting ends in 10 minutes. Upgrade now to a 40-minute time limit. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll... Oh, goody, it does that again. Yeah, I don't have the full thing on Zoom, but that's okay. Um, we can just restart it. We can do it in two parts if you need to. That's fine. Yeah, yeah we can do two parts. Um uh where was i in the story okay. the trivial pursuit after trivial the pursuit. benson video premiered yeah, yeah so after the benson video you mm -hmm. said whoever won would get an original copy of the script yep that's right mary got one what made you decide to send her a copy of that script well i, mean, you, I think mary made it pretty clear you were a huge benson fan so i think i i try to remember it was i, I think there was either uh there was either a tie or something like that with one so i i had more than one there or uh just printed out another copy but yeah uh you know once I, I know mary you made it pretty clear you were a pretty big benson fan so uh if you weren't the winner of the contest necessarily i was gonna still send one out so hopefully it still got to you i don't i don't i don't I didn't oh yeah i did okay cool cool but yeah you showed it on the podcast last year oh right on excellent yes i did <laughs> So yeah, you know, I used to I used to print them out. I actually haven't really done that lately because now I don't really print out the scripts anymore. Now I just kind of read them off my phone. Um, so I got a different. <laughs> I'm kind of changing my setup there, so that's why I haven't really done that lately. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that was yeah, that was fun. Yeah, the way I remember it is that I was a part of that trivial pursuit thing. Someone else had won it, but then Rock revealed he was going to send me one anyway, win or lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got How'd that. You reach so out I, to that her? was very cool on him. How'd you reach out to her if she didn't have social media yet? I think we did it by email, email or something. Yeah, I think that was it. So. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad yeah, that, I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, it during the live chat, so I just uh, typed it in that way. There we go. That was back when I was just starting the live streams back then. So yeah, it's been a workout. But I, I'm glad, I knew you'd appreciate it. So I'm glad, I'm glad that worked out. Yeah, yeah I'm very appreciative of that. 
Because I've tried to win those scripts for a long while, and that's the one that I'm most proud of because it's oh, my sure. driver. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. You ever do one on Jeff Gordon? <laughs> I'll go. definitely be in know. the chat for that one. You never know. You never know. Anyway, still, <laughs> still shake things up on the the videos uh, and stuff. That, that's been good too. I mean, really, since the JD book came out, you know, that's been kind of my focus is kind of trying to revitalize my YouTube channel because it kind of been sitting dormant for a while, and, and doing these driver profiles, I think, has been uh, most enjoyable things that maybe would be full on books, uh, but are still stories. I think that that would be, you know, interesting to explore. Yeah. And I think a lot of what we've talked about on the podcast previously, because with my knowledge of the history, primarily the early two thousands and the late nineties, as Mary can attest to. Yep. We, I mean, Okay. The best way to put this is, Mary, can you tell Brock about some of the things I was able to acquire from that time frame? Do you mean the die casts? Well, like memorabilia and autographs and stuff. Yeah, Alex basically looks for things on the internet that are extremely rare from that era. He has some die casts that I would not have imagined were made in the die cast. Like <laughs> Dale Earnhardt's last car that he ran in 2001 in the Bud Shootout. He has oh, the, uh, yeah, he has the Dale Jr. and Michael Waltrip uh, special sets from Daytona's in 2001 and 2002 when they won. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, let's see, he's got a lot of <laughs> he's got a lot of different autographs of a lot of different drivers, <laughs> some of which are deceased. There you go. We got some really yes. special ones there. Yep. Oh my goodness. I could not uh, believe it when he showed me that he found a legit autograph of Adam Petty. I could not believe that he found oh, one. Oh, wow. No, oh, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And Kenny Irwin. It is. There we go. And Man, Ricky there. Hendrick. Wow. No, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, see, that's cool. It's, it's so good to hear people, uh, you know, others that, that have that, that passion for the sports history because uh, there's a lot, you know, a lot of people that are much younger fans than, than any of us that, that just don't know who any of these drivers are. And so, you know, oh, yeah. I think it's up to yeah. everybody to, you know, make sure that that, you know, those stories are still shared. Oh, yeah. And the crew shirt. You forgot to mention the crew shirt. Oh, uh oh. Which crew shirt? Oh, is yeah. That? He recently found that. Well, once again, this goes back to his enthrallment involving Lyndon Amick. Mm. I don't know how he did it, but he found a legit crew shirt from Lyndon's Bush series days. Oh, there we go. And he oh, to get that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> they had two available. I'm like, I had to have that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we're, we're at the halfway point. <laughs> uh, we got five minutes left. And then uh, uh, I'm going to have to restart a second part. Yeah, we'll have to restart. But then just click the link again, Brock. And Mary, you have the info uh, saved. Uh, I do want to ask yeah. Brock about some of the things going on within NASCAR right now. I don't know how much Ooh. he pays it to you know, with the next-gen car, but also oh, yeah. some of the things going on within, I don't know how much you pay attention to the online community because I've noticed some uh -huh. things. Brock, you've been around a long time, so that's why I'm going to ask you that. But um, we'll start off with the online stuff because obviously you've been around a long time, no offense, but no, uh, I'll take it. But uh, <laughs> what's, what's kind of like your view on the stuff? that's been going on if you if you follow it at all I mean, you mean like just the overall trajectory of the sport or something well like what's go like um like what people like black flags matter and 
Danny B talks are doing, but also kind of like what, what is going on? Mary, you can prep this better than I can. The tough stuff okay. that's been going on. I think what Alex is trying to ask you is, do you have any thoughts or opinions regarding some certain situations? She's cutting out again. Uh-oh. She, she does that a few times. She'll do that sometimes, but... Yeah, I saw the screen kind of flicker there a little bit. Yeah, uh... Don't worry about that. That's going to happen because I'm on oh, my phone, not an actual lab. But anyway, the there question I was trying to ask is, Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts or opinions on some of the notable situations that have happened in the community itself, not necessarily within NASCAR itself? Which I, I doubt you probably know, but that's what Alex is trying to ask. So you mean like more of the YouTube community versus yes. things happening? In like, I'll give you an example, the Jason Jacoby saga. Mm. Uh, you know, Jason Jacoby's name keeps floating around. I'm not intimately familiar with that one. I know I got uh, I think somebody posted a, a tweet saying that they were crediting me for being part of whatever has been going on with uh, him getting revealed or whatever, but I had absolutely nothing to do with that. So I've, I've just kind of steered clear of all of that. Um, yeah. That's um, a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I The little bits I've heard, it just sounds like something I've just not really had any interest in. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have any much I could really add on that particular one as to, as to the YouTube community in general with racing. I think it's, I think it's good to see. I think there's a lot of, you know, younger people out there again, kind of like what I was talking about a little bit earlier, you know, it, there's a lot of younger people that are very passionate about the sport that want to be involved in it. And I know, I know what that's like, cause I remember, you know, heck in 2006, when I, I had a website where, you know, the precursor to my website was a carrot was like a weird owl website where I would change the lyrics of songs into race reviews. Uh, but I can't sing a lick. So, I mean, I, it, it didn't have any long standing thing, but I was just grabbing onto anything to try to get, try to get into the sport, just trying to try to make something work. Um, and I, you know, I could see that from a lot of these other, you know, I mean, now YouTube is like so much bigger than it was back then. I mean, that was back when I started my YouTube channel. Um, but, um, you know, I think that they have more tools to work with, and they're and they're making good use of it. I mean, yeah, and I've and I've had the good fortune of meeting a lot. I've met Eric, I've met Darian, uh, Black Flags Matter. Um, I've met, uh, I saw Raw. Um, gosh, I almost said Raw Gator. Um, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name already. But um, uh, Rusty Walrus, he was at Phoenix last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they seem like they have an, an actual, genuine interest in the sport. I think they have different views on it which is fine because i mean there's always i mean i think one of the best things with racing is that there's so many different ways to look at because there's so many different aspects that you can be passionate uh like we do the trivial pursuit i mean you can look at teams you can look at drivers you can look at um you know the the pit crews the the, the rules i mean anything it can grab your interest and i think we're seeing a lot of that um but i i uh, uh but yeah generally i don't i don't see you know too many uh too many issues with that so far. I see we've got less than a minute on here. So yeah, we do. I don't want to. Yeah, so we're going to stop it now and we'll then we'll uh, restart. Sure. All right, we're back with part two of the interview with Brock Beard. So, um, in the Johnny Benson uh, video, you brought up how Tyler Jett had started back in really 1998, but 
mm-hmm. uh, more so in 1999. Johnny's successor was Rich Bickle. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Mary? I know. I know where this is going to go. How about you take it? How about you talk about it then? Okay. It's a very bizarre story to people not in the know because not many people are going to know about it and some won't even believe it, but I've seen the evidence. This legit happened. Mm. Last year, Rich announced, Rich Pickle mm. announced he was going to retire from racing overall. It was his farewell tour. So Alex had the idea. Yeah, so Alex had the idea to invite him to the show for an interview. So when Alex sent the invite, Rich responds saying no, but if it just said no, there wouldn't have been a problem. It's the way he said it that became a problem. Mm. Because the politest way I can put it is that Rich said no because of what he perceived as Alex's political affiliation. Hmm. What is your opinion on people like that within the racing community because my belief is if we don't accept these people and there's an article on alexwoodracing.com plugging um, about inclusion with people like that in the sport what do you think will happen if they're not if they're not quote unquote removed that's a fairly loaded question uh, what I mean I yeah, I'm not like sure exactly someone who, how to like Rich, that. who doesn't accept people. Is was that the was that the issue? I mean, uh, just to make just to make clear what which which particular politics was he concerned with? I mean, was it just he was he thought like, that inclusion movements or like with just me being a Democrat? Mm, okay, I mean, because the base of the sport is white racist Southerners who are Republicans. Now it's. You've got people from all over the world and all over the country that are into the sport. If we don't let them in and accept them, then they might leave. Well, I mean, the the the, the history of the sport is what the history of the sport is, um, you know, and and that's and that's been around. Uh, but I the. It's it's th- it's 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 such thin ice on this topic because I know it's I know it's a hot button issue and we've seen it materialize in a number of different ways, um, but you know uh, I think you know and, and I don't want I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm I'm deflecting here but I think there was a there was a statement uh, that was made on on Twitter after the um, in the midst of the uh, thing with Bubba Wallace with the uh, with what was found in his garage saw in Talladega when the FBI had their ruling um, that was the, 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 the expression was, well, maybe it's not as bad as, as we all think that it is. Um, and I, I kind of really took that to heart that, you know, are there people out there that, you know, that have, uh, you know, different beliefs that are just that, that maybe aren't in, as in, in tune with the majority. I, I, I guess, well, I, I mean, I don't believe most people are racist. I don't believe most you know, NASCAR well, that fans a, or anything like that. That was the, or, yeah. my best yeah. way of explaining it. It's yeah, kind of a joking it's, way, but... It's, well, again, it's a delicate matter. Yeah, I mean, it's... 
the sports, you know, there's, there's, I mean, obviously, you know, you you look at, you look at stories with Wendell Scott, you look at, uh, you know, what, what the history was in the South. I mean, you know, you can't just pretend that that didn't happen, of course, but do I think that we are living in that time now? <sighs> Tough to say, like, you know, I, you know, I think that there are still some examples, you know, in, in the sport where, um, you know, uh, uh, there's 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 signs that there's there's progress to be made but i i think to your question about like you know i i'm 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 a little concerned about the 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 view of like needing to expel certain people from the sport or it's not going to bring other people in i think you know it's i think the the important thing is 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 having a conversation and having an understanding and and not not having it to the point where either side is in a case of monologue. I think it's important. I think a lot of the frustrations, especially that we've seen in this country the last couple of years, comes from a lack of communication. I don't think it's a increase in mm -hmm. a regressive view of the world. I think it's just because everybody, everybody, and, and people on both sides, this isn't one side or another thing. I think people on both sides have been fairly guilty of not not being open to that conversation and just saying, oh, well, this side, they're just this and this side, they're just that. And I'm not saying this about you specifically. I'm just saying yeah. this is endemic more about something much larger. I try, I like to try to kind of look the at the entire space. country instead of just our sport yeah. and just one person. It, exactly. Yeah. And, and the sport is a microcosm of it. And, 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 you know, I mean, you know, things, I think that the issue is, is that when, you know, when things are done, you know, unilaterally and without any explanation, you know, by either side, I think that that's going to generally create some conflict. I think when the, uh, in perhaps a time that wasn't as heated as it was, perhaps a subject like the Confederate flag would have been something that everybody could have discussed. And we could have said like, okay, well, what, is there any benefit to having the Confederate flag out there? It is a Southern sport. It, it, the sport did start in the South. We can't pretend that that didn't happen. But is it still appropriate for it to be there now? It would have been good to have a conversation. I think a conversation on that would have been really interesting. I mean, I think if both sides felt that they had a chance to be heard, I think we wouldn't have people that would be this upset about Confederate flag not being there. Just as just as an example, um, I think what happens is I think Agreed. nowadays with you know the news and everything being what it is, it's at such a quick pace that it not only doesn't allow you to have that conversation, it it's it it doesn't allow there to be any resolution really and and that's and that's the unfortunate part and i think i and we, and there's been victims of it on both sides of this i mean bubba wallace for example i mean i mentioned you know him at, at the at the outset i think that week that happened when you know surrounding talladega i thought was a perfect example of of really that really coming to a head you know and and everybody's still arguing about and, and there's a lot that's still unresolved about that. I thought that ESPN's documentary that came out very recently, I, when I wrote my article about it, I really was asking, like, what was the purpose in making this? Was this per was the purpose of this to clear up any misconceptions about it? Was it to persuade people that, you know, that, that obviously there's very clear differences between what happened with Bubba Wallace and Jesse Smollett, that, you know, that, 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 the, you know, that there's very different examples of what happened in these cases. You know, I think, you know, but, but again, I think that goes back to having that conversation. And I think, I think that's the, I think that's the important part. I mean, you know, our, our, but, you know, again, am I, am I going to say that there are people out there that have 
that, that racism doesn't exist? No, of course not. Do I believe that it's, you know, something that is anything close to what it was in, in the 1960s? You know, thankfully not. You know, we've had, and that, that's come as a result of tremendous strides, you know, from the civil rights movement. Dr. You know, we just had Dr. King's, uh, you know, holiday here just the other day and everything that brings, you know, gives us that constant reminder of that. Uh, but does that mean that we are where we need to be? No, it doesn't mean that either. But, you know, but again, that progress is only going to be made if there's a conversation. I don't think that you're going to have a conversation if your objective is to just exclude people and just say, oh, well, that, you know, this person doesn't get to talk or this person doesn't get to be in it. I think you have to hear people out. And sometimes if, you know, sometimes that's all people want to do. They just want to be heard out. And then, and then if, yeah, if their idea is absurd or stupid, it'll get shown, it'll get shown. But if, if people are silenced, <laughs> if people are silenced, then you're, that people are just going to be like, oh, well, this person's silenced. Now maybe, maybe other more people are going to want to listen to it than, than did before. And maybe that's not the effect you're going for. So, and again, I, I'm not pretending to have the answers here. I just think that, you know, I think that, you know, it, it is an issue and I, and you're right to be concerned about it. I think that, I think we're all grappling for, the right answer to it and i think in nascar's sense they're trying to figure they're trying to navigate through it just like anybody else um you know i don't entirely agree with everything that steve phelps himself has done uh but i do think it, i do think it's well-meaning i do think it's well-meaning and there's been some positive progress it's great that we have michael jordan in here as a team owner that we have pitbull that we have um you know that we have other team owners in there now there's other things that i don't think are as good i don't like that Starcom Racing was basically forced to sell their charter. I think there's other things that need to be worked on, but that's, again, that's where NASCAR is kind of symbolic of the country itself. There's things that need to be worked on on both ends, but I think only through the conversation are we, are we going to get there? Not, not to get, I hope I'm not coming off too preachy there, but um, I, 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 it's, it's an interesting question. And I think it's something that the sport's still figuring out with, with the rest of the country, quite honestly. You're absolutely right. That is a very good way of thinking about it because you're absolutely right. It's the fact that there's a lack of communication that's causing all these issues. It's like NASCAR says, hey, Bubba, you want to ban the flag? Bubba says, yeah, and then bang, that's it. Like, yeah. you're not going to hear the side of people like me because I'm from the South. To us, the rebel flag, as we call it, is going to be different than what the rest of the world calls the confederate flag because to us southerners the confederate flag is actually the state flag in georgia because that's literally what it is there's that, the too. actual flag they banned is called the rebel flag and it stands for basically the beauty of the south and rebelling against the stupidity of the government that's what it means to us but others see it otherwise if we have a communication and a conversation about our feelings in terms of things that are different then maybe we can have a better understanding of each other's feelings instead of these guys saying, okay, we're going to believe these guys and not these guys because we think you're the bad guy. That's where NASCAR had their massive problem come 2020, especially with that Bubba incident because it's not just Bubba. It's also the Kyle Larson thing with what he did in that iRacing event that got him suspended. Yeah. And now Bubba Wallace said some things that – a lot of people are considering concerning as racist and they're going, well, Kyle Larson got banned from it. Why can't Bubba? And again, NASCAR's not having that conversation there. Mm -hmm. And 
I think we need to have these types of conversations because a lack of communication will cause more issues than any sort of communication at all. No, I agree. You know, and it's, 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 you know, and it's, it's difficult. I mean, and again, we're all, you know, we're all trying to figure it out, but I, you know, and it's, but I, I think, I think it's good, you know, again, and, and I, I, I hope, I don't, I don't want to leave you out of this, Alex, because I want to, you know, get your side of it too. And That's just, fine. The spirit of this to get, you know, get your side of it also. But, you know, because again, it's everybody has different, you know, different perspectives and, and those things do come to conflict, but conflict isn't a bad thing. It's, it's good that we you know not everybody agrees on the same thing. It's like, it's what you then do after that conflict. That's, that's the important part there. So, you know, again, and, and I, I, I hate that Rich Bickle had this, this conflict with you guys. Cause I think he's, you know, I mean, his book is actually one thing I'm, I'm hoping to check out. Cause I, I mean, I, I'm sure he's got another interesting story of himself, but I, 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 it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing that it sounds like he was not willing to have that, that conversation and, 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 you know, be on that side. If it, if it turned out that was what was, what was going on there, but um, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe that, maybe that is getting on its way towards, you know, being fixed and, you know, hopefully that'll make us all happy with it. I will say this, Rich has a history of being that way mm. and there is no gray area in Rich's world. Mm -hmm. Rich has these stern beliefs where, excuse me, if it applies to one person that he doesn't like, if he sees those traits in other people, he's going to automatically think that those people are the way that he are, are that the way that he doesn't like. And even worse, his fans and supporters enable him. Mm. Well, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's, you know, that could be difficult to deal with. And, you know that you know to say the least I, I i certainly i understand where you're coming from on that for sure you know and uh that's disappointing i'm not you know i'm not going to say that that isn't um you know but you know again and and i think again i think the perhaps you know perhaps in time i think it, i think i think part of it is probably you know, how typical is that? You know, how many other people feel the same way that he does in that same sense? You know, there's other people like that, I'm sure, you know. Uh, do I think that's most people? I don't believe so. But again, I think that part of that is that everything that's happened, again, in these last couple of years, I don't make it seem like it's everything about these past couple of years because it goes further back than that, uh, like you're saying, you know, about a pattern of conduct. But... Um, yeah, I think that's, you know, uh, hopefully in time, you know, again, uh, it, when, when you're trying to have a conversation with people and you're trying to be as open as you can with people, uh, you, yeah, you're going to get, you're going to get some people that don't want to be persuaded, you know, or don't want, don't want to have their minds changed or feel like, oh, if I have this conversation, you're going to try to get in my head or something. Um, yeah. That's, I think for some people, that's something they're just going to have to deal with themselves. And I think, but I think the more, you know, I think the more open that we all are, regardless of, you know, some, you know, some belief or another, I think the more open we are to, to having these discussions, it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe he's not ready yet. Maybe not now, but maybe sometime further along, you know, I, I, I don't, 
I, I you know, and, and and again, I'm not I'm not saying this, you know, is, is what you're saying exactly in this case. But I mean, like, I think that, you know, there's nobody that's like they're never going to change, that they're completely reprehensible and it's oh, never yeah. going to change, even if they've done it for so many years in the past. I think, you know, maybe they just they're just looking at things a little differently. And, you know, at some point, maybe when things calm down a bit, maybe it'll be like, oh, man, you know, um, maybe just be more open to it at that point. But um yeah, I think, I think, you know, uh, I look back to, you know, a lot of things in, in, in the sport, you know, and, and things that have even come up in some of these other projects that I've been working on. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, there's always, I mean, my, my family has been like, you know, hardcore Democrats, you know, growing up and stuff. And we got into the sport, Northern Californians. I mean, I, we travel around to these other tracks, like, oh, you're from California. You must be this or that. And it's like, no, no, we get, we come over these tracks and then, you know, we talk with people, we hang out with them. And pretty soon by the end of the weekend, we're, we're fitting in just like that. I mean, we, we went up to uh, New York state there with Charlie Birch, there, the JD McDuffie book thing. And we were, you know, we had, we had no problems there. We were just kind of just hanging out with them than anything else. So, you know, and, 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 you know, every once in a while, you know, it's just, you know, everybody, we, we don't agree on, you know, we're not going to agree on everything, but I mean, it's, you know, but, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's something I think, I think we're all kind of navigating through and, and, and the sport is, and, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we, we, you know, it, it, it all works out in the end, you know. Yeah, that's a very good way of looking at it. Yeah, Mary, so do you have any more is, questions? Well, there is one other thing I do want to discuss. Mm -hmm. And sorry if I rage out against you on this one, Alex, because it's a sensitive topic to you, but it is to me as well. So you should know who this is about. So last year, there was one particular weekend where you were involved in a couple of different videos. And it was the two videos on the 10-year anniversary of Dan Weldon's death. One of them was NASCAR Man's project regarding everything surrounding that particular weekend and event. But you also did a personal reflection mm -hmm. based on the chat that you did mm -hmm. at the, uh, the chat room. Oh, wow. Wow. Right. <laughs> Excellent find, yeah, Alex. Alex did yep. an autograph picture. Yeah, this was this. That is awesome. Um, that is awesome. Now, there's a little bit of a backstory behind this. Dan Please. died on my ninth birthday. Oh my goodness! And he was my favorite driver in open wheels. Mm -hmm. And did Dan you? is my second favorite in open wheel behind Tony Kanaan. And his death was two days after my birthday. Mm -hmm. Did you? So did you both see the accident live or? I saw it live. Mm -hmm. So did I. Okay. I was at the house when that happened. Mm -hmm. But my question is, I, I get the documentative aspect for NASCAR Man in his video. Mm -hmm. What gave you the inspiration to do that chat room reflection video? Just because you're more known on NASCAR than IndyCar or Open mm -hmm. Wheels in general. Exactly. And, and, and that's a good question, because I know that if you see, certainly you compare my video with NASCAR man's, you see the difference in familiarity with the sport, too, because mine, he, uh, I think NASCAR man's video on it is, I think, I think, honestly, his best yet. I think it's, it, he, yeah. way he broke down the entire context of it. 
Um, I knew if I was going to do something on the subject, uh, I wasn't going to be able to do that better than he was going to. We actually had conversations mm -hmm. about this um, during the summer of 2011 when, when I was starting to put this one together. Um, oh. You know, the... Um, but with the subject of the of the chat and everything, and, and this is this has probably been the most controversial video I've done so far, and, and that wasn't entirely unexpected. And and I, I said really? that, that was going to be. Well, I mean, not not everybody there's a couple aspects of the video that I, I sense that people aren't happy with. Like there's some that just don't like the chat, and I get that because like my gaming articles. Yeah, it's you know, it's very, it's very much, it, it's very much, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, some of the chat was pretty history. out there, like one it person is. calling Dan Patrick the wife-in-law or something. Yeah, there's that, and there was so, there were some parts that you know, that went a bit further that I left out of it. That was just like, okay, well, let's let's not stop with that in there. But you know, um, and I think I think, I think it was the just fine. Yeah, well, and it, I know it's different from a lot of my other videos because a lot of my other videos I try to keep things pretty PG thirteen as best as possible. But this, yep, I put I put an advisory yeah. at the beginning of it, but perhaps I should have been more clear about the language because I think that caught some people off guard. But um, but it's a first time reaction to this happening, and I'm sure you know it was it was. I mean, I know for for me personally seeing it at the time, it was that reaction. But um, but the other the other part of it too is is where. And um, I'm describing it within the context of my own experience that it was at a time where, you know, I was in this chat and just kind of goofing around as a fan. I was part of that chat too. I mean, you know, people are trying to make it, you know, I, I, yep. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, oh, all these people were terrible and they were saying all these ridiculous things. Look, I was in there too. And there's, there was, some of that was mine. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I do think, you know, anything that's <laughs> particularly outrageous wasn't what I said, but. Um, but I was I was in there, you know, and so that that reflects on me as well. I figured it was mutually assured destruction if anybody in the chat's upset about that. Um, but you know, that was at a time for me personally where I was really grappling with what it is to be uh, what it is to be a journalist and have that distance and being able to to properly describe or you know you know act to the proper protocol when something serious happens. Versus being a fan and just goofing around and you're hanging out with friends, like where to strike that balance? Like trying and, to balance two sides of yourself. Yeah, it was, and, and and this became more and more clear the more I looked at that old script, and I and I and I saved it from the time I had it in my computer, and I was saving it at the time because I was like, I, I had done this with the Indy 500 that year, and that's why that shows up in there too. I just saved the last lap because so I was like, wow, mm -hmm. we were all just laughing and holy cow, we can't believe that happened. So I, you know, I knew how to copy paste it. And so I had that and I had the, the indie one and it just sat on my hard drive and it's been sitting on my hard drive for 10 years. Didn't do anything with it. Um, you know, this particular chat I was in, um, I'm trying to do this as delicately as I can. Uh, you know, uh, I'm no longer a member in that chat anymore. Um, and it was some, yeah. it wasn't immediately at that moment, but that moment was one of the moments that basically led to kind of, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't feel right. And I wasn't the only one. There were other people that just, just didn't like doing it anymore either. I guess they're still around, but I, I don't know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's, it was, it was, it was difficult and it made me really, it was, it was impossible. And perhaps the last vestige of it being like me more as a fan than, than a writer, it was impossible for me to separate that from my own memory of, of what happened. It was impossible for me to separate um, that, that chat and what it was like 
for me personally in that. I mean, I, I you know, and, 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 you know, from the story of the very real tragedy that happened that time, and I, and I was sweating bullets post getting ready to post this. And I'm like, man, people are either going to be like really interested in this or they are just going to out and out hate it. And I was really preparing myself for that in there. So, but I felt, you know, and, and I don't like talking about myself too much in like in these own videos. I, I do it in the live stream because I think that's more of a laid back atmosphere, but in my product produced videos, I try not to do it as much as possible because um, I'm just not comfortable with it. But, and with this particular subject, I mean, it was such a, you know, an awful time. And, and the other thing that really surprised me too is, and you know, like you were mentioning Alex, I mean, so many people, I mean, I was, I graduated from college by the time this happened in, in my life, but you saw it, you know, at a very young age. And so many other people in the comments were like this too, where it was something that happened at a very formative time in their lives. And it was just too painful to even think about. Um, and I think that's where a lot of those emotions came up in the chat too. So um, it was a challenging subject, but I knew that I knew that I had this chat Um I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Uh, I know I left that 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 group, and I know that they're they're not happy with that being out there. But I do feel that it had a historical significance to it, and I and I thought that with the anniversary of it coming up, we'd already been to Las Vegas uh, for the Cup race, so I was able to visit the memorial that uh, Jamie Little placed out there. It's like, well, I got to do something with this, and so I felt, and but I felt the best way as possible is just not add a lot of embellishment to it, not add anything else to it. Just, just show it and just see what people think about it, you know? And, and, and I think a lot of people, I, I got stopped by a couple of people at Phoenix that really appreciated it, but I know that it's, it, I can tell from the hit count and some of the comments in there that it's not, it's not my most popular video, but I, I have to be comfortable with that because sometimes when you're writing something or when you are producing something, um, it's not always going to be, you know, the happiest moment or the, or the most, you know, you know, enjoyable thing for people. But I think, I think it was an important moment. And I think, I think also when I was going over that script, um, everyone in there, like we're all goofing around just like anybody else that would be in any, any internet chat. But once it happened, like nobody's joking about anything. Everybody's just trying to find out what's happening and nobody's trying to spread in misinformation mm -hmm the the tone how quickly that changed i thought that was very important to have that come across and i hope you know and i'm sure there's probably some some of those guys you know from that chat that are watching this that are still not happy with me for posting it but i hope that you know in time this kind of dovetails with our earlier conversation i hope that maybe they look at that and say look you know it's it's first of all i'm not putting usernames in there didn't put any of that i haven't even mentioned the source of the actual even chat from that point yeah right? i was gonna say that like yeah. we don't know the source why would they yeah. chat at us yeah exactly it's like look i want to I, I want to take as much of that out of there as possible just to convey it, it, it's impossible to convey for people that are even younger that maybe that that weren't even around or too young to even remember it happening to capture the emotion of that moment but even in a group like this we're all we're all just screwing around and it's october and we got all these other crazy things that are happening and Jimmy Johnson's probably going to lose a championship. Finally trying to kind of put you in that moment <laughs> and what it was like. And, and, and I think the only way you can really do that is to just show it how it was. I mean, there are, there are a couple of things that are left out, but not, it, you know, it's, it's not to a substantial degree and it, it's synced up to it as best as possible. And that's, that's where that, uh, comes in but yeah it's definitely had more of a mixed reaction but i think that's inevitable given the subject matter because it is so recent 
and it is so painful for people. But I, I hope that, you know, perhaps more if people are upset about it, I hope that they give it some time and really see that, you know, we didn't know. All of us in the chat, just like anybody else, we didn't know how serious it was, but we knew that once it was clear that it was, it's like, yeah, then it became really trying to understand it and what and discussing yeah, the very real consequences of that, that we're still really, open wheel racing is still dealing with today. Even their safety advancements that have yep. come up in years since then. It's, it's, it's an important, it's, it's not a chapter that we want to relive. And that's why I condensed it down also. So it's not the entire broadcast. I kind of crushed yeah. it down about 45 minutes. Some people said even that was too long, but I felt that rushing it further would make it impossible to watch but um you know that i thought i thought i felt that was important and even though it wasn't my specialty that i, I focus more on nascar um you know i felt that i could at least contribute um you know something helpful from that you know and and but i do think nascar i, I think honestly nascar man's video is, is far superior but i think this is is a is a, it's a compliment to it so yeah, uh, so I wanted to quick show up this diecast from 1999. It's a Dale Earnhardt Sr. diecast. Oh, there we go. The sign hood of the yep. Bristol car. So, oh, no. Yep, it's oh, that no. car, Mary. I mean, Randy, I, I'm not an Earnhardt Sr. person. So, but anyway. Alex wouldn't get it because he was not alive when Earnhardt Sr. raced, but I was. Mm. Earnhardt Sr. was um, dirty, as in pretty bad, dirty driver. But like, uh, the way that he's construed in the media today is not my experience when I saw him race. Anyway, so this this car here I got for my third birthday. Oh, there we and go. And on my third birthday, that my dad explained who Dale Earnhardt was and what happened to him. But I didn't really have, and you know, I'm going to tie this into Weldon. Yeah. I had never really thought a driver could die in a race car until we lost Paul Dana. But I didn't. But I didn't really understand what had happened. I started following IndyCar in 2005. I started following NASCAR in 2003. But then when I received this diecast in 2005, or sorry, 2007 for my fifth birthday, though it opens, I believe it's from 97 or 98, but it's late 90s Earnhardt car. Um, that's when I think i fully understood what had happened to dale earnhardt because i had already heard of it happening to paul dana but with weldon it was this is the first time i had heard of i had seen and heard of a driver dying in an actual accident and unfortunately it was my favorite driver and i didn't find out until i got home and that's when the, the entire day just took a complete 180 yeah. Yeah. I think I think everyone had feelings like that when it came to Weldon. Because that's one of those dates I specifically remember all those details to a T. Yeah. Like when the crash happened, my yeah type of reaction. Yeah. Everyone seemed oh, correct. Yeah. We're discussing it. We thought all the drivers were okay, and then one yeah. person in the restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. In the restaurant, I was like, oh my God. They're like, Alex, quiet. What happened? And I went to TV like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like my family was done. And then we later found out what happened. But uh, Mary, uh, you said that'll do it for your questions. I'll also do it for my questions. So what part of the interview is it now? It's time for flip the script. Basically, it's the inverse. 
if the guest has any questions for us, he is free to ask them. Oh, okay. Um, well, let's see. How about this? Well, we, we um, kind of tying things in with, uh, with uh, the current season coming up and, of course, one of the big uh, races anticipated. Uh, what are your expectations for the Clash at the Coliseum coming up here in a couple of weeks? Huh. Well, when this goes out, we'll already have seen it. So we'll okay, we'll a good preview for it. Then maybe viewers can compare it to afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> if yeah. you guys are watching via the YouTube aspect, comment down below and uh, see <laughs> and see if uh, what we say in the interview goes ties in with what we say on the podcast. Um, I just expect it to be like a. I expect it to be kind of boring in a crash field, a crash field race. Like a, they'll go down the straight. And then they'll turn, and they'll go down the street again. Then they'll turn. It's just, it'll kind of be less like a race like Bowman Gray, but all those cars in that small space, I don't think it's going to work. Well, that's why they have a couple of heats to do this to set a final lineup of not exactly the entire amount of cars, but like maybe half of them, I guess, or maybe twenty of them. The, the racing pattern that I've seen with these newer track and races, and it basically started mostly at the Roval. It'll be a in, in, in average race, but then it has this spectacular ending because, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. We got to have this race on here forever. Yeah. I can see that happening. That to be one of those. I can see that happening for sure. Yeah, so do I, unfortunately. It just, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, that'll do it for this week's Hot Seat with Brock Beard. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Uh, yeah, so uh, at, I'm most active on Twitter at Last Car on Brock. Uh, I've got a Facebook page. I barely use it, but uh, but people are welcome to check that out as well under Brock Beard. Uh, my YouTube channel, uh, just look under again. Every, most everything else is under my name. Uh, so Brock Beard on YouTube. Uh, got the content. Got uh, Rise of the Field fillers. Uh, next episode of that coming up in a bit. So. Um, plenty more on its way, and uh, but the Twitter feed is the best place to check out for people to uh, get updates. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's Hot Seat. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Now, that was a fun interview. I never thought I'd it get really a chance was. to talk to Brock, to Brock Beard. <laughs> that was definitely fun and very enlightening. Now, let's go back to what we talked about regarding Caitlin. What do you want okay. to talk about her podcast? Or, or what do you want to say about her podcast? Well, given what she's going to talk about on her podcast, I do believe it's going to be something very unique and very fun. Now, she didn't say it's just about travel. It's also about life being a single mom. Yes. Which I can't imagine how that is. Very true. But you've talked to her about that, I think. I have a couple times. And you two probably talk about female problems. Not really. <laughs> what do you talk about with her then? Me? <laughs> More often than you think. <laughs> do you think Alex is going to do this? Do you think Alex is going to do that? No, it's usually you asking me to ask her something. Oh, probably a stupid question that I don't want to ask her. You see, the truth is, is that neither one of us is really the gossipy type. 
And I know that she's very busy, so I don't want to bother her at an inconvenient time. So th that's my usual thing. I do but talk. She with always her talks about, but so I'm assuming I talk to her more than you do. You actually do, probably. But she always makes herself available. And that's cool. But that's just me being me. Anyways. Um, I did not get my package. Well, not yet. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we really will see. Because and a burp. I gotta stop with that. Why? And then drink something else? I'm drinking water. I'm not like a monkey that drinks beer. Oh, jeez. And you know what I'm talking about. I do. I don't know what's funnier. That or what Larry McReynolds did. What did Larry McReynolds do? The weather. Oh, that. With Bill Keneally. <laughs> He's doing it! He's doing it! Okay. But, you know what? Going back to Brock Beard, he uh, recently put out his... Uh, the next edition of his field filler series involving Hermie Sadler. Did you see what the very last scene of the video was? I fell asleep watching it. Because I watched it, it was, at like one in the morning. Oh. It was literally Hermie doing the weather for my local CBS affiliate. Really? <laughs> I am not making that up. I think, uh, wait. I'm going to play a clip of that Elliot, or uh, Elliot Sadler. Elliot Sadler was in the video, but. Oh, yeah. It was snowing in Bristol, and that tore Larry Mack up. That Carl had been to the Weather Channel, <laughs> and he had not. So, now, let's go to our weather forecast. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Here we are, and we're going to tell a story, right? That's all about telling a story. We start with... We'll go to Washington State. That'll be our starting line, okay? Atlanta, Hampton, Georgia, there's your finish line. You got to just take it on through. And of course, but you're standing in front of my mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we got a front. Moving <laughs> through the Midwest, up to the, to the Great Lakes. But if you notice down here in the Southeast, it's clear, which means race day here. Hey, it's clear. It's Shut up, Edwards. Moving counterclockwise to the north and not toward the Okay, that's enough. <laughs> We've got a cold front. We've got a warm front, and things are moving right along. And 
uh, what do you think? You like what you see? <laughs> I do. I do like what I see. As you can see, we have this. <laughs> the low pressure, and it's moving to another low pressure up here. And this is where, if you notice, if you remember the map while ago, this is where that front was moving right up through here above the low and the high pressure, which probably is going to mean that this group up in here, they're in for some cold weather very, very soon. I think winter is just the moment. All right, back to race. That's around race. Nebraska, so that wouldn't be surprising. Forecast high for the day. How's it looking? It's, it's, we're supposed to be around 70 degrees. There you see the temperatures right here. This is on Sunday. If you can see down here in the southeast, in the 80s, somewhere up here where they're playing football, which who cares? It's the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> now, out here, it's going to be cold in the Colorado Rockies out here. Look up here in the 20s in the northwest. But the good thing is, one more time, clear and in the <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That does bring back a story of mine from when I was dating my, uh -oh. my last girlfriend. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. I just remember alcohol played a big part in this, all right? Sure. There were six people. We were all pretty drunk. So <laughs> one of the people, my uh my ex's sister's ex we've talked oh, about great we've talked about all stories right. involving him well anyway he was probably the drunkest of them all <laughs> that would not surprise me so and there was a big ass snowstorm happening so what ended up happening he was trying to do the he was trying to do the weather like larry was and i was asking oh, him all these dumb questions i said what about that thing right there? You know, what about this? What about that? Is that a high pressure or a low pressure system? And everyone just started laughing after I said that. Because he said, uh, I think it's a low pressure system. Okay. <laughs> well, what do you think of that Larry McReynolds video that I just showed? Well, I don't think that was his only time doing something in relation to the weather, so he definitely has a good bit of experience in terms of that, so, <laughs> yeah. Camera's glitching, <laughs> so I'm trying to fix it. All right. All right. So, uh, anyways, the way... Goddamn, something formed my, in my throat. The way Edwards was was kind of funny. He's doing it! He's doing it! It's like he was surprised that Larry McReynolds is actually smart. <laughs> well, Carl Edwards never attempted murder, even though some people may think that. Like you. He literally did no less than twice. Well, remember what Bob Keselowski said. Oh, yeah. I got water on my cover, or on my comforter. Um... Anyway. NASCAR really didn't like Carl Edwards. <laughs> By that logic, it would have been outlawed from the sport after 2010. Think about that one for a second. He's a sore loser. That's why I don't like him. He literally quit racing <laughs> yeah. after losing a championship. And there's still speculation today as to why that happened. Oh, he doesn't like the new points format. Oh, he doesn't like the way the car is driving. It's not about the car. It's all this other stuff. He was scared of head injuries on that stuff. 
with the fact he really wrecked himself in the last race to cost himself the championship, but still. No, he, he tried to block Logano, and Logano didn't decide to be a little bitch and, and wreck him. How did Logano wreck him when Edwards triggered the blocking to begin with? It's no different than Vickers versus Junior. When uh, Logano went down. Uh, yeah, to pass him. If Edwards held his line, all that would have happened is Logano would have passed and they both would have continued. But no, Edwards well, had to be... But it's pretty obvious that Logano was easy. coming up. Well, they were going to run into the wall if they didn't. <laughs> Who, well, isn't anyway. Logano a mega baddie too? I used to think that way of Logano, but ever since the Kenseth incident, things have nearly 180'd. Who are the biggest mega baddies in NASCAR? Jeff Gordon's not on that list. You got to remember that. Well, he is actually, but there's actually six other mega baddies. He is that not. That are classified as mega baddies. He is not a mega baddie. Well, let's see. Throughout NASCAR history, specifically NASCAR, there are seven mega baddies. Six. There is all... There is also Carl Edwards, Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Matt Kenseth, Brian Vickers, and the sixth and the sixth one who is no longer with us. Dale Earnhardt. Correct. But Very here's good. here's why Dale Earnhardt. Here's what people need to realize about Dale Earnhardt. You always got to have that guy who's going to wear the black hat, and that's what Dale Earnhardt did. Dale Earnhardt wasn't afraid. Dale Earnhardt was a badass. That's why I like him. He gave no <laughs> fucks. And you probably wonder, but Alex, you don't like Kyle Busch. Why do you say that? How can you say that about Earnhardt when you don't like Bush? Uh, because Earnhardt never whined about anything. Earnhardt wasn't a crybaby. <laughs> Earnhardt, Earnhardt could take shit like a man. You know. Bullshit! I'm a diehard Gordon fan. When Gordon did that (laughs) thing with the milk, Earnhardt took it better than I than a lot of people expected him to. Jeff's idea was he can dish everything out, but how good is he at taking it? So he they went for it and Earnhardt liked it. There's a difference between acknowledging a cute joke with milk and then blocking yourself into the grass and blaming everybody else for it. Oh, I bugged myself into the grass, and now I'm going to blame Bill Elliott for it, because I put Bill into the wall trying to have him wreck Jeff Bodine, catch up into Bodine twice, but it's my fault. But I'm not going to say it's my fault, because I'm Dale Earnhardt, so I can do whatever I want. I'm going to blame Bill Elliott for everything. I still won the race. Yeah! Give me a break. Dale Earnhardt Sr. was not the good guy the media tries to make him out to be today. Because a lot of people in this generation have never seen Dale Sr. race. They got into NASCAR after his passing. So they did, did do not realize how bad Dale Sr. really was. I do. I've seen Dale Sr. race. He mm. was a dirty, no good sob behind the wheel. He may be a good person off the track for the most part, but in terms of behind the wheel, he, he's the original he, mega baddie. He wasn't afraid to use the chrome horn. He wasn't afraid. He's the anti-Johnny Benson. Johnny Benson was way too conservative <laughs> behind the wheel. <laughs> Johnny Benson hey, Alex, should have moved wanna... Kurt, Kurt Busch out of the way at Martinsville. 
Benson would have two victories by now. Uh, well, here's the thing. I do agree with you on that aspect. And I was frustrated about the fact that Johnny did not do that. But that was before I understood what his style really was. And here's a little fun fact. Dale Sr. is the one who got Johnny Benson into NASCAR. So therefore, he shouldn't be on the Mega Batty list. That's not how it works, Alex. You should take Jeff Gordon off because I'm a Gordon fan. A diehard. You should take Brad Keselowski off your Mega Batty list. No way. No way. Then why would I take Jeff Gordon off? Because Jeff never did anything wrong. <laughs> and there's a saying that I have about the aspect of the 90s 90% of the fans are either pro Jeff Gordon, pro Dale Earnhardt, or anti both. You had the Gordon fans who hated Earnhardt, you had the Earnhardt fans who hated the Gordon, and then all the other fans hated both. Guess and which category and, I am? And you hated both. For baseless reasons. Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me. I was not the only one who did not like either driver. <laughs> I'm assuming you drank Coke. Okay, well, my, yep. my package finally came. And my mom is expecting something. All right. So, while I go get the package, and while I go get my pocket knife that I don't really keep in here, but... Okay. Just because I don't like keeping pocket knives in here. Um, where's a pocket knife when you need one? Um, at one point, I had <laughs> I had a toolkit that had screwdrivers. My dad had one, too. It had, like, a screwdriver, a hammer, and a bunch of other shit in it. It had a knife. I think those are called Swiss Army knives. I don't know. But I'm going to go check, get my package... And I'm also going to get my mom's package, if her package is here. Um, so, right. while I do that, why don't you talk about me and why you think I like Jeff Gordon? And then when I come back okay. and, open the, and open the box to see if it's what I think it is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you and I'm going to tell... And I'm gonna set the record straight. I'm gonna ask you what you said, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna set the record straight once and for all. <laughs> well, I got news for Alex. Part of what he said just caught cut off on me. All I heard was think about Jeff Gordon. I am not thinking about Jeff Gordon. It's my channel, so we're gonna discuss the puppy ball really quick. Uh, the puppy ball uh, is gonna happen this weekend. It's our big game of the year. We have Team Fluff against Team Rough. I'm really expecting Team Rough to get in a nail-biter. Uh, Surf and Biff are the two MVPs of Team Rough, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm very intrigued by one of the Team Fluff players, Benny, whose back legs are paralyzed. So it will be very interesting with the technology for the players of the Puppy Bowl to see how that's going to go for the Puppy Bowl this week. Uh, otherwise, their MVP on Team Fluff, Mr. Tinkles, yes, that's his name, uh, I'm expecting big things from Mr. Tinkles as well. It's going to be a very nice deal between Mr. Tinkles and Surf to see how that goes. Uh, Squeak and Firework of Team Fluff are also going to be uh, very interesting to keep an eye on. But that main six line for Team Rough, which is Surf, Biff, Maisie, Ridley, 
Teddy Bear, and Lulu. That's going to be the main ones to look out for on Team Rough and why I think Team Rough should get the win in the 2022 Puppy Bowl, the big game of the year before the 500. So uh, that'll be very fun to uh, go through. Now, now that I'm done with that preview, what does Alex want me to think about Jeff Gordon? Why did I think about Jeff Gordon? There's a reason I root for Robbie Gordon and not Jeff Gordon. <laughs> now, since I, so in fairness, I did explain the aspects of Dale Sr., so I'll explain the aspects of Jeff Gordon. Uh, I started watching NASCAR in the 90s, and uh, Jeff Gordon was a bit of a crybaby back then. And he pretty much got prioritized. You know how people complain about Jimmy Johnson and how he was a top priority with Hendrick? Well, Jeff Gordon was the originator of that. So, yeah. You realize I'm back now? I can see you. Okay, what'd you say about Jeff then? Well, I was basically noting the fact that a lot of people, especially 90s fans, noted him as a crybaby. And also the fact that he was the priority guy before Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Larson came in, in each respective era. Okay, so why do you think I'm a Gordon fan then? Why are you a Gordon fan? Yes. Well, it's likely because he was the it high-level driver by the time you started watching, specifically around 2003. Incorrect. Incorrect, really. Well, I open this because I think I know what it is. Okay. I will explain why that is. Jeff was the first driver that really appealed to me because I like the I really liked his car and I liked the way that he drove. I like the way okay. that he raced everybody. And I also thought he got a lot of unfair hate, which he did. And that's probably the cleanest way I've ever opened a box. Yes! It is. It is what I thought. I can take this off. So, bonus diecast reveal. Yes, it is a bonus diecast reveal. And it is. It completes the set. Okay. You have to guess the driver as to who the car is. It's one of the big three. Your big three is Jeff Gordon, Dale Jr., and Chase Elliott. I assume we were talking about Gordon because it was Gordon. Nope. So, it's Junior. Yes. That could be anything. Do you know what I mean? Specific pain schemes Dale, Dale Jr. has had? No. It's not a it's not a paint scheme. It's not a paint scheme? It's not a paint scheme. It's a race version. It's a what? It's a race version. Oh that, that okay. Doesn't really exactly help me. We have to guess which card it, which which race it it is. Well, that doesn't really help me either. This ain't the O2 Pepsi 400 again, is it? I've already I already have that car. Okay. And you have a one. 
It's none of his baseball cars. But it did race at Daytona. Uh, so it's a specialty scheme from The Clash? Nope. You're thinking the right that era. Is that he ran an 01? Nope. I don't collect sports cars. They're okay. way too damn expensive for me. <laughs> okay. Which is why we, we don't talk about sports car racing here. Okay, I thought I heard something outside. But anyway, let me get back this over here. Okay, so it's the early 2000s and it's Dale Jr. Wait a minute, is this that polar bear car? I already have that car. I showed it last okay, season. because you showed it off. I showed it off with his dad's regular Coke car. Okay. Hmm. It's not That's his debut a... car. No. I already have that one. <laughs> That's a... Hmm. So it's the right era, but not... Why are we talking about Queen Virgins? I was talking about the era, but all right. Mm. One of the more common Dale Jr. cars, but nobody thinks it's that common. Hmm. That's so many. What would it be? It's a non-points race. Oh, that's helpful. So that means it's either the Clash or the All-Star race. He won the All-Star race once. They never made the race version. Matter of fact, I don't think they made race versions back in 2000. It's the 2000 Winston? Nope. I don't think he raced the Clash in 2000. No, he did not. No, he didn't. No, because that was the one where Ricky Rudd flipped again. Because Jarrett won that one. No, it's you gotta think you're you're thinking the right era. I got it was a non-points race. Oh man, I, this is gonna get this is kind of gonna give it away. But it's the first full season I watched it of now. It's the first full season. So it's season 2003. First full season of NASCAR I watched. So 2003. Nope. Remember, you I said came it was 2003. Here... Yes, but I came here in June. So it's 2004. Yes. So it's either the Clash or the Winston. It's not the, the All-Star So it's the Clash. It's not the Clash. What other no what other non-official race was there in 2004? Because I don't think it'd be the Bud Shootout. What it? What's my favorite sports drink? <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Powerade or Gatorade or Bingo, you said it. Gatorade. Twenty one twenty fives. Yes. 
Okay. Let's unbox this. Let's unbox this motherfucker, the shall Gary we? The Gary 125 is literally the qualifying races for the 500. So I can still, I can still get that die cast. Anyways, the same race. No, they're not. The 125s lead into the 500. I know. <laughs> and yes, I also have the Daytona 500 race version, but here is the twin race version. Right. <laughs> and this 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 deck lid clicks and the hood doesn't. What do you think of this paint scheme, Mary? That was not too bad. It's a nice um alternate variant. Do you want me to go get the 500 race version? Sure, we so we can tell the difference. Yeah, I'm gonna go get the 500 race version. And then when we're done with well, actually I'm gonna go put this in the recycle bin. Because there's not going to come yet. Okay, that was fun. So um, I hope you guys are uh, enjoying the show so far. Despite the fact that we talk about the culprit, though, I told Alex not to. <sighs> He's really got to stop talking about the culprit. I'm sick and tired of talking about the culprit. Why does he think Squishball is still here? Uh, anyway, while he's doing that, I'm not going to take forever to do the outro with this. So I will mention that the Pastimes and Other Beans podcast has a Patreon. There are four tiers for this. We have the $5 bronze level, which means one day early access to the podcast, as well as a bonus mailbag question. This is going to depend if we have a mailbag question for the week. If we do, we'll mention it later. There is the silver tier $10 version, which means you get extra videos, three bonus mailbag questions, a one-on-one -on -one connection with one of us, and a chance for us to follow you on social media. There is the $20 gold tier that has extra videos, uh, five bonus mailbag questions, a custom video message, a thank you message, and 5 to 10% uh, discount on merchandising. And we finally have our big boy, the uh, Platinum $50 tier, which means extra videos, custom merch, unlimited mailbag questions, one custom video message, a thank you from both of us on social media, a 30% merch discount, a uh, private Zoom chat, and you'd be put on a recognition list at the end of the YouTube variant of the podcast. And now Alex is back. What do you have for us? The 500 race version. Let's see what you got. That thing doesn't fall over. <laughs> Okay, now what is the specified difference between that one and the twin 125 version? Well, if you notice, this one has a big ass. One has a tire mark. Yes. From I think when he hit Wimmer. And you can see the, the black is rubbed off on this. Obviously, it's a longer race. And they had to borrow the tire from Jeremy Mayfield. Is that the, the only difference? Okay. Okay, why are the bumpers different? Because do you remember how much he was getting hit in that race? Because he had a pretty good car. Yeah, it's called bump drafting. That's basically what it is. And the Welcome Next Hill bumper. Oh, yeah. Because it was 04, so that was their first race as the title sponsor. As you can see. Um... I don't see much of a difference. The tire mark from when he banged into Stewart. Oh, I see. <laughs> from when he okay. passed Stewart and basically body slammed him. <laughs> and the front. Obviously, the dates are different. 
Okay. And <laughs> there's more rubber on the 501, but that's just kind of by nature. All right. But yeah, that's a nice paint scheme. I need to get the clean version. But, oh yeah, this one actually has dirt on the, the 500 one has dirt on the roof, which you can't really see. Okay. A lot of my junior die casts actually are bud cars. Obviously. How's that obvious? Because a good chunk of his career was sponsored by Budweiser. Okay, I see where you're going from there. But, of course, but actually, I'm starting to think that Dale Earnhardt... I have more Dale Jr. diecast than any other driver. Yes. And I have more Dale, Dale Jr. shirts than Jeff Gordon shirts. I have more Chase Elliott shirts than any other driver. Mm-hmm. But... I do still need to get the clean version of the Born on Date car. I need to get the... Wait, this is the 500. Okay. I still need to get the clean version of the Born on Date car, the clean version of the Welcome Nextel Born on Date car, Elliot Sadler's raced version from the from his 125, and Dale Jarrett's... Um, Dale Jarrett's... Um, shootout race version. Okay. And look at the box designs. Like, really? You're not going to argue with this. With how good this looks. That is good. Why can't we go back to those days? Yeah, really. Anyways. I love these cars. <laughs> I am so happy I got them. I spent $100. I did not expect to spend that much. <laughs> this one was 30. This one was 50 plus shipping. Mm -hmm. So, but yes, I can finally cross these off my bucket list. Mm -hmm. Now I got to get Jeff's 05 Daytona 500 win. <laughs> um, also, another announcement over the summer. Guess where I'm going? Mm hmm. Charlotte. Oh. I'm going to see the Hall of Fame in a few race shops. Oh, that sounds cool. So you actually might see a Hall of Fame tour video uh, with a voiceover for the first time on my channel. That sounds anyway. cool. Uh, do we have a mailbag question for the week? Yes, we do. If I upload, if I can get into the past times, I got a text message. From who? Uh, from someone. Not my late night booty call for those people who might be wondering. Okay. I really don't have a booty call. <sighs> okay, here's a good one. All right. This one is for me, and I don't really use the names of, the, of these people because they asked not to be named. Okay. Alex, why do you have the, what the fuck does that say? 
Let me look closer. And bah, 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 bah. who cares? Uh, who cares? All right, here it is. <laughs> Watch it. Alex, why do you have the... What the... This person's weird. Why do you have the policies in place that you do regarding comments? And why don't you respond to DMs on your private accounts? Well, I already answered that. Yeah. Another question we got is, what do what do we what do I expect from the next gen car? I don't know yet. Another question I got this week that I wanted to answer that might take that I can actually give a little bit more of a longer response to is, hang on. Does it scare me after I get injured doing what I love to do? No. Because you have to convince yourself that this is okay. If you truly love doing it, continue to do it until you eventually feel like you can't do it anymore. I'm young. So, yeah, I, I have my health, but at the same time, I want to keep my health. I don't want to go on too long. Right. Someone one time asked why I don't talk about oh, stories involving my ex in detail. That's none of their damn business. <laughs> I'll let you take the answer on that one. Just kidding. That's my private business and none of theirs. Yeah, that's pretty much it. And plus, I don't like letting people into my life like that. Yeah. Anyways, what were you talking about while I was getting the mail? Uh, I was talking about a event that's coming up this week. Event? Yeah. What event? It's basically an event that um, I'm intrigued by. You probably won't be. Pokemon? <laughs> no. Duel Monsters. Do you even know what Duel Monsters is? Yu-Gi-Oh! Good guess, but it's not about that either. What's it about then? Well, it's about the big game. Oh, the Super Bowl. <laughs> well, I feel happy for Darian Gilliam. Yeah, this is one of this is one of those either or things because Darian's going to represent the Rams. Uh, my brother has a little bit of intrigue in the Bengals because he grew up in Ohio a lot of his life, so there's that, but. What happened? I know that look I'm... on your face. What? Your eyes getting wide open. Something happened. No, nothing happened.
What? Told you something happened. Don't try and hide it. Now what happened? Oh my god. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Chase Chase and his girlfriend broke up. Chase Elliott or Chase Briscoe? Chase Elliott. Why would I care? Because I'm wearing a Chase shirt. That's none of my business. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Woohoo, breaking news. <laughs> Why would I care? Um, do you think Noah Gregson has a girlfriend? I think you know why I asked. Well, well, knowing you, I know why you asked. But again, why would I care? That's not my prerogative. Well, I want to know if you think. I want to know if you'll tell the person who wants to know that your answer. No. Should I tell them the story? No. Why? Because the person involved is not here right now. And honestly, I don't think the people of my channel are that intrigued. But it has something to do with somebody else. Who everybody on your channel knows no, about. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Because remember who the main person no, involved. It yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay, uh, someone actually suggested this. I give Mary a quiz now on how what well happened? she... I give Mary a quiz on how well she knows me. Why would you do that? You, you actually think I know that much about you? Well, we'll see about that. Why would I care? I just want to see it, too. First question! This is it. What's my favorite sport outside of racing? Your favorite sport outside of racing? Football. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's an easy one. I had a 50-50 shot at it. What was it, football or hockey? Right. Well, I do love my Red Wings. Who's my favorite but you football also team? Like the Colts. Oh yeah. Well, everyone knows that. <laughs> Who are my other favorite <laughs> sports team? Who are my favorite baseball and basketball team? And they're from rival cities. Uh bas Oh yeah, that's helpful. Let me get up for a second. I would I would not have a clue on this one because you don't really talk about them that much. Ah. Okay, let's see. Think back I really to last to week on baseball. Oh, that's very helpful. Do you know how much I pay, how much to pay, pay attention to baseball? Well, think back to the sweatshirt I wore. Like I can remember back that far. My short-term memory is not as good as it used to be. The Cubs and the Pistons. I had a feeling it was the Pistons, but I wasn't sure about baseball. Everyone knows I'm a Pistons fan. 
All right. And everyone knows I'm a Cubs fan. Well, I associate you more with the Colts, but... Everyone associates me with the Colts. Yeah. Especially in the NASCAR online community, because Danny B and I have gone at it a few times. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the four and five Colts, and then they win the next three games. <laughs> After he said that, they literally won their next three games. Mm-hmm. Okay. What is my most prized NASCAR diecast? This should be an easy one. No, it's not. You got so many, it's hard to tell. Not as many as some people. Well, I well, yeah, there's that, but him. It has something to do I with I want to say favorite. it's related to it is related to Jeff. I was gonna say that. Hmm. Now, which one would it be? It's from the year I was born. So that's a two. Now, what big thing did Jeff Gordon do in 2002? He didn't win the It has title. nothing to do with, he didn't win with a big thing that he did in 2002. It's just, well, 2002 was the So it's 2002 year. specific. It's 2002 specific. If that's what you want to call it. Yes. My 2002 Pepsi car, regular Pepsi from Talladega, that is signed. Oh, okay. Oh, that yeah, because it's autographed. first of three autographs of him. <laughs> what is my prized possession overall? Oh, I know that one. It's your Weldon autograph. <laughs> Oops, wrong shelf. <laughs> That's my shelf full of 164s or sell the package. Just, yeah. Just shit that I have no place to put them. Okay. This actually works out better for me. What is my favorite color? <laughs> yeah, like I know that one. Blue? Yes. Okay. What is my... What was my first racing number? This is an easy one. No, it's not. I don't know that. Really? Like, logic would say 24, but... Yes. Oh, it is 24. Okay. It is. Was. Okay. How many concussions have I had? Hey, right. Where do I start with this one? Three that I know of. Four. Okay, I had a hunch it was four, but I wasn't sure. How many times have I broken my ribs? <laughs> probably as many as Johnny. Uh, More probably. Well, there's three that I know of and another one that probably he did too. So it's more than four. You all say five. Yes, but that's just, but some of them have just been me being a dumbass. What's my dream car? That's it, right. Uh, a Lamborghini? No, it's Italian. 
Ferrari. Which one? I don't know. A four five eight Italia Spider. Oh sure, very easy. Now, what's the significance behind this picture? Uh, the Beatles, your favorite band. Second favorite band. But what specifically about this picture of the Beatles as opposed to any other picture? Is that all signatures of the entire band? Facsimiled, but yes, those are fake signatures. The, the story behind this specific picture, okay. it's kind of funny. I was seven years old at a Red Robin. Whoopee. In Mishawaka, Indiana. We were waiting uh -huh. to be seated. I looked into the bar and I seen this picture. Uh-huh. I don't know what about this picture it was. But this picture had a revelation to me. Okay. I fell in love with this picture. And to this day, this is my favorite picture of the Beatles. All right. And for the first time, everybody's going to be able to see it, the entire thing. <laughs> How many times have people, well, people have been able to see part of John's face, but not all. Yeah. And I put it above my bed because I have no place else to put it. <laughs> How many concerts have I been to? If you're right, I don't know that one either. Three? Five. Okay. I've only been to one that I know of. Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah. That's the only one that I know. Okay. Oh wait. Now, I was kind of wondering if he Yeah. You know that one. That's Freebird. Who doesn't love that song? You're an idiot if you hate that song. Oh no, I got no quarrels with Freebird. Well, which what other songs by Leonard Skinner are actually good? <laughs> well, the newer version of the band, there is a song that I do like by them called Still Unbroken. That one's a pretty good one. Okay, I got a good I got a good question for you. What is my favorite racing movie? It's not driven. Well, I, I kind of figured that. Like, you're not Danny Hamlin. <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know if you remember Days of Thunder or not. Well, that's my answer. It is Days of Thunder. Okay, that's good. Okay, that's good. Talladega Nights is funny. But here's my here's the flaw with Talladega Nights. It makes oh, fun boy. of NASCAR. It doesn't celebrate NASCAR like it's Days a comedy, of so 
If I'm going to watch a Will Ferrell movie, I'm going to watch Step Brothers. Never seen it. Or I'm going to watch Anchorman. Okay, that one, Ste- that's a good one, yes. Or I'm going to watch Semi-Pro. Which takes place in my home state. The Flint Tropics, really? Flint is not a tropical city. No, it's not. <laughs> my, I live in the same state. There is literally a mound of snow in my neighbor's yard. <laughs> Do they, does it snow in tropical places? Maybe it wasn't a blue moon. Yeah, it doesn't. I don't think so. And I'm going to Hawaii in April, and I don't think it snows there. Again, once in a blue moon. Here's my hope for that trip. Darian Gilliam will substitute host for me. Mm. Now that would be interesting. I don't know if I can leave you two in a, in a Zoom room together. <laughs> what you would have to do is do the podcast on your laptop, record it, put it on the pastime, upload it as a draft on the pastimes account, and then I'll be able to download it and let it process overnight, and then I'll be able to put it up. I'll see what I can do. Or I could, oh my god. The, the, the thought of this coming into my mind. Uh, and what's you and Caitlin doing the podcast together. She does have the recording capabilities, so that's theoretically not out of the question. Yeah, but I don't know if I can trust her. And it would be the first girls-only show. Ah! That's why I'm afraid. Huh? That that episode would be way too feminine. No, it wouldn't. That was a joke. Get over it. Not Um, at least feminine female I know. I'm literally a tomboy. Well, yeah. Anyways, would you trust me and Caitlin doing the podcast without you? I don't see why not. Well, there would be some rules to that. Well, yeah. Like, I know how ridiculous your conversations can get, so that would be a problem. Between Caitlin and I? Yeah. Who said I'm going to bring any of that up? Who said? You! I never said I would bring that up! Garbage, you always do! No, I don't! Anyway, is there anything else to discuss today? Well, anything you would like to discuss? I I think we're out of topics for the day, so... <laughs> okay, well, um... I need... I really gotta stop procrastinating. I really want to talk about procrastination. Because I <laughs> hate procrastination. <laughs> I... And what's that going? <laughs> not someone. Would you let me finish? 
I am okay. not someone who likes to procrastinate. I got to start recording videos that, that go out in two years. Really, I'm two years ahead of my schedule in terms of my gaming shit. Um, okay. You know, let's actually talk about what we were talking about uh, last night. In the Which YouTube- was? J- Jason Jacoby. Because of that thing Why? that was brought to my attention. It says something about a jury. I don't know if you've seen that. I did. What do you think that is? Oh, what a jury is? I know what a jury is. It's a no, bunch like, of people what do you that have no, no, nothing about let me the case. Would the... you let me finish? You literally just ended the question. Yeah, I'm just trying to have fun now at this point. You know, just trying to mess with you. Deal with it. Um, I got to text someone real quick. But... What do you think? Now, there's a let me provide the explanation. Jason Uh is set to face a jury trial. Now, at first, he wanted a bench trial, but now they denied it. They're Uh trying to face a jury trial right now. How do you think that's going to end up as opposed to a bench trial? Well, from what I understand, this specific trial is regarding whether he gets bond or not. Why do we need a jury for that? It's obvious that Jason's going to hurt someone. It's obvious he's very mentally ill. Jason is very Uh fucked up. So, he doesn't deserve bond. That wasn't my question, though. What, What was your question? This trial is about whether he gets bond or not. Why do we need a jury for that? Probably so the ju- probably so the jury can pro- help the judge decide what the conditions should be. I don't know per se. Um, there is rumors that his mom is actually embezzling money. I don't know that for sure, but we'll see. I don't see how that would work. How? Well, geez, how? Like, this is just for Bond. This is not whether he goes to jail or not. Well, I need to find out whether or not he's been to, he's been arraigned or not. That's the thing. Then I'll be able to provide my, my, um, my two cents because if he mm-hmm. if you know what an arraignment is that's a, just a reading of charges and jason pleads that's all it is essentially now do i think uh jason will go to jail now mary's gonna go first on this one do you think jason's gonna go to jail or do you think he or what do you think is gonna happen because he needs to serve jail time Theoretically, he should. The question there would be how long? And if it's just in the case of the bond, does that mean the jail sentencing would continue afterward 
or is there going to be more to it when the actual court case happens? Here's my thing. The five mm-hmm. counts of aggravated stalking he's facing are just related to McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Maybe if the cops get, maybe if the cops get the right tip, they'll be able to investigate the stuff he's done online to Austin, to uh, Darian, to his high school teacher, to Rhett McBride, to you, to me. To I, I think this the online stuff he's done to McKenzie. They're going to investigate that hopefully, and that will lead to what he's done to Austin, to Darian, to Joni Axon, to you, to Rhett McBride, to me. You know, to those types of people. I don't know exactly where that's going to lead to, but we'll see that. But we'll see that when the time comes. I don't know. I don't have. I don't really have a view of it. We'll just have to see. Um, we'll just. We'll just see how it goes. Right. So, is there anything else that we need to discuss before we close out? Um, I want to ask you, what diecast do you think I should get so I can add them to the list? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what is the most rarest diecast that you could think of? Like, let's go back to the impossible challenge thing that I suggested on the previous episode. Oh, I got one. Kyle Bush's Darlington win from 2008. Clean or race version. Why would that one be rare? Oh, it's mega rare. Go for it. Or Matt Kenseth's Daytona 500 wins. Those are rare. Yeah, considering that he shouldn't have won either race. His 2009 win, that is mega rare. That is a grail car, if you're a Kenseth fan. (laughs) Hypocritical coward. Well, he is, but not because of the 500. Because of the championship? Huh? Why is he a hypocritical coward? Oh, where do I start? (laughs) This goes back to before you were born. When he won his very first, now known as the Xfinity Series race, he bump and run Tony Stewart at Rockingham, right? He was good at Rockingham. And he goes, you got, you got to do what you got to do. Fast forward to 2003. And then Johnny Sutter's going for his first win. And I was at this race because it was Richmond. He bump and runs Kenseth after they were trading blows. Sutter wins. And then Kenseth goes on an idiotic rant. Even Kevin Harvick went against Kenseth. That's how bad it was. And well, Harvick was in the rack, I- too. Harvick was pissed. Well, no, it, they didn't wreck. Harvick just ran interference afterward because Kenseth was going to go up to Sauter and nudge him, yeah, 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 that kind of thing. And Harvick said, no, bro, slow your roll, which was rare for Harvick to do. But after the race, Kenseth was being interviewed on the PA system. He was going, he shouldn't have drove me like that and all that stuff. And he got rained booze. It was so funny. <laughs> and then all these other different occurrences ever since, that's how Kenseth has been. Just because it's every once in a while doesn't mean it's something he doesn't do. Because he legit well, who does do you, this. What, what do you and think you of this know driver? this being a Jeff Gordon fan. Hmm? What do you think of this driver? Why did you give me the finger if I mentioned the fact that he did this to Jeff Gordon too? I thought you said something about... 
about not liking Jeff Gordon. I mean, yeah, that's what. Because Kenseth's done that to Jeff Gordon, too. He's done it to Joey Logano. He did it with Johnny Sauter. He started all this stuff with Tony Stewart. At least to Bristol 2012 when they had that little bit of an ordeal. In case you forgot about that one. Oh, I remember Bristol 2012. <laughs> Stewart throwing his helmet. Uh, yeah. You know why I don't like Kenseth? Because of the Jeff Gordon issues. Which one? All of them? Which one in particular? Well, fun fact, we actually had a conversation about this, and his response surprised me. I thought he was going to mention the uh, Bristol incident from, I think, 06, but the answer that Alex actually gave Let me, me was... Let me explain why that's not it. Jeff got even. Jeff got his revenge at Chicago land. Yeah, because they're both yahoos. Jeff Mega baddie won on the Mega race. Baddie action. Jeff moved Kenseth. Jeff moved Kenseth out of the way and won the damn race. Mm -hmm. I was so happy. Three well, I think a lot of people so were happy. happy. I think a lot of people were happy. Because exactly. back then, they even were the anti Gordon people. That's how Even the most anti-Gordon family member of mine was happy. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not. And you know who my who that family member's favorite driver was? Dale Earnhardt Jr. Reminds me of the one time I actually rooted for Carl Edwards to win a race. Which was? 2009 Montreal. Oh, <laughs> because yeah, under no circumstance did I want Marcus Ambrose winning after what he did in 2007. I think Marcus was a cool guy, though. He was unique, I'll give him that, but that's about it. <laughs> Remember when they tried Vegemite at Michigan? I was about to say that because who else comes to a NASCAR race with Vegemite? <laughs> you know who's tried that stuff? Anyway... Oh, I want to now. You brought up Vegemite. I want to tell my Vegemite story. All right. Eleventh grade. I was in. I was in a cult. I mean, the school band. My school's band was a cult. I got out of there pretty damn quick. Um. Anyways. There's a kid from Hawaii. Now, people from Hawaii are weird. Let me just tell you that. Especially after going. Anyways, so the kid brings Vegemite to a rehearsal. Uh -huh. <laughs> She's putting me between a rock and a hard place right now. I am? No, Caitlin is. Oh, uh, now what's she do? I'll tell you later. <laughs> Anyways. Um, my, th the kid was a freshman. He's from Hawaii, so, you know, Hawaiians. Um, mm -hmm. he goes, hey, they're talking about veg. He's eating a Vegemite. He we used to have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And strawberry sandwiches for the kids who couldn't have peanut butter. But this one kid from Hawaii is having to eat a Vegemite sandwich. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I'm like, what the hell is that smell? And I say it real loud. And he goes, oh, it's his sandwich. The kid's, kid's name was Nate. Okay. Well, Nathan. My cousin's name is also Nate. He goes, oh, it's Nathan's. I'm like, what the hell are you eating? And he goes, Vegemite. I'm like, I've heard about that stuff. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. I heard it's not good. They're like, well, here, try some. I'm like, no! They're like, come on. It's not that bad. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll try it. So I take a plastic knife. Oh, no. I take, and I take the, not the end with like the sharp parts that allows you to cut your food on the other side of the knife. I put the knife in the Vegemite uh-huh. and I lick the knife. My, my face goes from to. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. How is that edible? I'm like, I can't even swallow it. Okay. And they're like, and my one friend goes, and my friend Sean goes, hey, Alex, you need a Diet Coke? I'll go get you one. I said, Sean, I don't need a Diet Coke. I need Santa Flush or something to get rid of that. And the reason I said that was because of Larry <laughs> McReynolds. Okay. He said Diet Coke. I mean, I thought I was going to say, I need fucking Clorox or something to get rid of that. It okay. was nasty. Ugh. But anyways, that's my Vegemite story. To this day, I was actually texting Sean the other day. He goes, that is the sickest I have ever seen someone who did not throw up. I said, oh, believe me, I was sick the rest of the day after eating that. And you're probably wondering, did I swallow it? Yes, I eventually did. Ugh, just thinking about it. (laughs) Keep that stuff away from me. You want to know what it tastes like? Not really. Beer in sandwich spread form. If you ever, if you've ever had a beer. No. (laughs) To your, to your viewers and our listeners who have drank a beer before, it's pretty much like that. (laughs) Okay. I don't understand why people drink beer because it's made from like wheat, barley. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Anyways, that, that that how good was that story? It was out there. Did you hear about the poem in your pocket day story? No. Uh, I'm debating on telling that one right now. Um, I'll settle that for you. Ew. (laughs) I'm still going to think about it. How about this? Not on your channel. (laughs) How about this? Not on your channel. Anyways, uh, I got nothing. Uh, do we have new autographs this week? I think now would be the time to look at those and stretch my legs. book to see. If there, ouch, if there are any new autographs. Oh, wait, I know for a fact there's one new one. At least one new one. <sighs> I still got to go through and check. But let's see here. Oh, did I ever show off this card here? This Travis Pastrana card? This Travis Pastrana I don't think you have, no. 
Yeah, it's Travis Pastrana memorabilia from when he was driving for Roush. I also have a Greg <laughs> Biffle autograph. That was my first ever autograph card. Uh, but oh, we do have we do have a new autograph. Hey, we do have that? a few new autographs. We've got Bobby Labonte. Oh, that one's neat. I think Bobby Labonte is a cool dude. He is. Very underrated driver. But he's won a championship. I think he's overlooked by his brother. Oh, oh and we also teammates. have this. Ryan Priest. Ah. As you can see, it's personalized. Yep. Um, no, I've, I had that one on uh, Christmas. Who are some deceased drivers you think I should add to my spirit page? Just so you know, Dale Earnhardt and Neil Bonnet are going to be on that page eventually. Well, duh. So, uh, for those who are unaware, last week I had the idea to give Alex an impossible challenge. The impossible challenge Casey that I Crips came would. up with. He's not deceased. I know he's not. I just wanted to throw the name out there. Oh, here's the one that I was most excited about. It's one of the big okay. three, and only one of the big three does autographs through the mail. Yours or mine? Mine. One that of your big me. three does not do autographs through the mail. Okay. Which one of my big three do you think it is? I'm going to say Chase. Survey says you're correct. Ooh, sweet. That's a nice styling of card, too. Uh, it's 2017 uh, Select. I'm going to show this one up because this is actually one of my favorite styles of cards. It's a Noah Gregson card. Mm hmm So. But anyway, going back to oh, the Impossible oh, uh, Challenge. I forgot, to, I forgot to show this one off. It's another Bobby Labonte. <laughs> I think I have every card in that collection. Even Strummies? Yeah. You should try to get Strummy to sign it. Uh, anyway, uh, back to the impossible challenge that I was uh, trying to reference. Uh, when we did the uh, uh, interview with Brock Beard, I had the idea, because Alex last week showed off his autograph collection, so I came up with the perfect impossible challenge. Find a J.D. McDuffie autograph. That would be perfect for Alex's spirit page. They don't have... They actually did not make trading cards of J.D. McDuffie. Really? They did not. Well, that sucks. So, it's trading cards only. Obviously. A lot of the unsigned cards in here are not NASCAR. A lot of the cards in here are signed NASCAR cards. Mm-hmm. If you want to know who my favorite uh, deceased driver I have an autograph of, it is Jason Leffler because he is the only mm. deceased member of the NASCAR dozen. Really? For the record, in this instance, it's Alex's own NASCAR dozen, not mine. 
Let's see if you although one of my friends, although one of my friends is a Leffler fan. Let's uh, let's actually see if you remember all twelve drivers in my NASCAR dozen. Of course, I don't. Jeff Gordon, Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh-huh. Chase uh-huh. Elliott, uh-huh. Johnny Benson, Harrison uh-huh. Burton, uh-huh. Jason Leffler, uh huh, Lyndon Amick, uh huh, Hank Parker Jr., uh huh, Todd Gilliland. Okay, that one I did not know. AJ Allmendinger. That one I also did not know. Brian Vickers. Yeah. And you have to get to the last one. Like, I'm going to know that. Did you say Harrison Ryan... Burton already? Yes. Okay. Ryan Newman. I wouldn't know. David Stremme used to be in the NASCAR dozen, but Newman bumped him out because I've actually gotten to know David Stremme a little bit. And to those of you so who that want to was say, your so uh Hosevar and Strummy are in like a personal group because I don't want to come off as a biased asshole. Okay. <laughs> but that's just me. All right. Yeah, for some reason. Anyways, that was a loud-ass clap. It sounded like one of those firecrackers. Should I play yeah. us out with a with a guitar riff? No. Why? You don't want to hear my beautiful guitar playing? What? No, I think we're good on that one. So okay. let's just try. We don't talk about music here unless I'm really angry about it. <laughs> Although the Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> came out with a new with a new single. Whoopee. It's good. Okay. Y'all better listen to it. Otherwise, I'm going to be upset. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad John Frusante's back. I really am. It, they just weren't good with Josh. Josh Klinghoffer is not as good as John Frusante. Uh-huh. You don't even know what in the hell I'm talking about. Where's Anthony Kiedis from? I don't know. Johnny Benson's hometown. Really? And yes, Johnny Benson and Floyd Mayweather Jr. are from the same town. Johnny Benson, Gerald Ford, Floyd Mayweather, and Anthony Kiedis of the Red Hot Chili Peppers are from the same town. Okay. That was random. But they're probably from different parts of the town. Well, no duh. Like Johnny's from the suburbs. Uh-huh. He went to Forest Hills Northern. I know someone who went to Forest uh-huh. Hills Northern. And you know of that same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that story. Well, you witnessed a lot of how that story affected me. Anyways, let's actually sign out now. Yes, please. <laughs>
<laughs> we got to get your rambling under control. Squish balls not going not going to be enough anymore. <laughs> anyway, uh, you go first since I'm going to do the final sign out since this is premiering on my channel. All right. Uh, hang on. Let me send. Would you watch? Just please let me do this. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching this week's edition of Pastimes and Other Musings podcast. I am Alex Wood, aka Destroyer H6. Uh, feel free to follow us on all social medias that I'm currently in the process of changing usernames to uh, because we are more than just the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast now. Yay! Um, uh, please uh, check us out on our website, which I want Mary to put in the description of her videos. So uh, people might be inclined to read articles about NASCAR's history. Um, what else do I have? Okay. Uh, we also have Patreon. Uh, tell us a little bit about Patreon, Mary. I already did earlier in the video when you were getting your die cast. Okay. Um, go back and rewatch that. Um, <laughs> I guess you could do that. Um, I'm stretching my legs right now. Don't, I don't want to put any okay. more into that. That's what she said. Um, uh, we're available. We also have our own channel called the Past Times and Other Boozies Podcast. Just look it up. Um, we're live every Friday at 7 p.m. Uh, we always announce on social media which channel we are going to be premiering on. Per we always announce what channel we are going to be premiering on on social media. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I don't have a Facebook yet uh, because... We just don't yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't mess with Facebook pages like that. Just saying. Um, uh, anyways, uh, I would say please comment, like, subscribe, share the video with your friends. Okay, please comment, like, subscribe, and follow us. Share the podcast with your friends. If you do follow us, uh, turn on your notifications. I'm trying to think of my outro. Also check out the Destroyer H6 channel. <laughs> and that's available on YouTube. So I'll see you guys later. Peace out. Okay, so uh, that concludes his portion. So I'll conclude the rest of it. Uh, if you want to be a part of the Pastimes and Other Musings podcast mailbag segment, you Damn can it, email that. us at pastimespodcastguest at gmail.com. Uh, if you uh, send us your email, you will be you may be included in a future episode. So there is that special shout. No, out you to won't. Caitlin. No, you won't. No, you won't. If you send us an email, your question might get answered in a future episode. That's what I said. You might be included. No, some some people on your channel might think that that means they'll be on the podcast, and that's not and that's not the case. Oh no, that's 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 not it. Well. Let me put it this way. If your question is, can I be out in the podcast? The answer is going to be no. So there's that. So anyway, a uh, special shout out to Caitlin's photography page for helping us out. So special shout out to Caitlin and that specific uh, account. I already did the Patreon, so I'll do the final shout out for my channel. This is the February video for my channel. Oh, she And of course, my phone wants to be stupid, so that's why I'm trying to accelerate with this. Uh, anyway, I use, do have. That's why you gotta use a laptop. 
And now my mom turns on. Oh, believe me, I'm trying to get there. But anyway, uh, I do have three upcoming videos. They'll be out within the next three months. So uh, please uh, like and subscribe to follow along with those three upcoming videos. Alex already has a preview of one of them. And if you saw a specific Kamikaze Games video, you also have seen a preview of it. <laughs> Don't ask. I'll explain later. But uh, explain anyway. Explain to me when, I, when we're done with this recording. I'm just going to put my okay. piece down. <laughs> anyway. My arm's so, getting uh, tired. <laughs> I can go longer than that in terms of holding up the peace sign. But anyway, uh, that, that's it for everyone. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, please follow the Pastimes and the Musings podcast channel for future episodes. This is just my channel's premiere for the season. So thank you, everyone, for watching. And there will this be other ones. You Dragon. gotta remember that. There are going to be other ones. Well, yeah, I did the season two opener last year, remember? Yes. But you're also going to have other ones on your channel, such as in the event we have Andy Houston, who is a who is a playing guest for this season. Oh, that and would might be have, mega for me. And I, I might have that. Shauna Robinson on my channel next week. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, wait, we got Anyway. Make, we didn't do our picks. We didn't do our qualifying picks. There's no picks. There's no race this week. We're doing these for fun. We'll do it next week. <laughs> We already went too long already. Okay. Uh, quick thing first. Points will begin next week. The maximum amount of points Mary and I, I, Mary or I can receive is the number of cars in the field. I'll explain it all next week. Anyway, thank you everyone for watching. This is Ultimate 23 Dragon. And once and for all, that's my final answer. You can see that. I was just trying to have fun there. But anyways, cue the outro. Oh, really? Yes, cue the outro now.